good. Nice. All right. Well, yeah. No more, dude. All right. Hey, guys. Um, welcome to it's our 10th episode, Double Digits. Double Digits. So um, we're here this week with, uh, with our friends from Eugene, the Truthzilla podcast. And we're going to do a swap cast. I think we're both going to release it. They're going to do some editing and stuff. I'm going to just drop it how it is. Um, right after we're done recording so um how's it going guys you want to tell people about you and then i can tell your people about me sounds good sounds great yeah okay well uh yeah we're truthzilla uh yeah we started in june Mm -hmm. of this year you know uh man uh, how we started was when when this pandemic started going off uh i was calling scott on almost every lunch break just going what the hell is going on with the world around me because everybody was buying this hook, line, and sinker. And I, all my conspiracy uh, hairs on the back of my neck were going off in this thing. I was like, this, this does not feel right. And, and I just don't buy it. So I was calling him, talking to him every day. We were talking about, um, you know, what can we do? What can we do? And one of, the, one of the times I said, Scott, why don't we start a podcast? Because we're both, we listen to a lot of podcasts. And uh, who, do you so guys, was, who do you guys listen to? What, uh, who are you, like your main conspiracy podcast inspirations well i'll just say for for me uh it, we can kind of each go into this but it's it gets kind of evolved especially since the pandemic has hit but uh i i listen to a lot of more of the the vaccine related like that's kind of where i got red pilled more was in the in the vaccine scene and so uh, the vaccine conversation um and the high wire were like two of my favorites. Um, I always have listened to Sam Tripoli and uh, uh, the, the tinfoil hat podcast. I listened to a lot of that, you know, since this thing has gone off though, I've really gotten into, uh, you know, Ricky Veranda's obviously um, the, um, why, why can't I think of the name right now? How are you? Ripple effect. Ripple effect. Oh my God. You guys are supposed to catch me here. Come on guys. We were waving at him. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Uh, macroaggressions, obviously Charlie Robinson is, yeah. Is, a favorite for sure um let's see uh what, what else do i i know i there's so many that you I, covered it you covered it like one of the ones but, for me that's been really like necessary is tim dylan the tim dylan show because like yeah. he is yeah, tim super he's got you know deep conspiracies like he he goes he can like he makes like johnny gosh jokes and like you wouldn't get it unless you were like on yeah. the level you know what i mean and it's like yeah but uh but he's so hilarious so over the top raunchy you know what i mean but like, yeah he's like, great his what's his I, name um, again tim, tim dylan, dylan. Thank he's you. just a, he's a he's a comedian yeah, yeah yeah that's definitely been a really important one for me for sure this last few months like yeah yeah he's pretty he's pretty good uh no agenda no agenda has been like i've really gotten into because since dean yeah, got dean, me on dean recommended it. to it so we're yeah so new. up is down podcast as well obviously yeah, yeah. yeah um yeah i haven't gotten into i've listened to some no agenda stuff and uh i haven't gotten really really into it but i know it's super life-changing um for a lot of people so i think i should start listening to it yeah, i was I really, really discouraged like- um by adam curry's not by him but his appearances on on like his most recent one on joe rogan uh it seemed like the way that joe rogan treated him was really really disrespectful and like every time that he'd start talking about something like covid related or about vaccines or something like that joe rogan would like cut him off like make a stupid joke and just like not let him get and then like change the topic dude so i, I got that same impression i couldn't even finish that episode like that yeah was that's that's um as soon as that came out that's when i got off the rogan train for yeah, good i'd kind of been on my way out for a while and then uh then after that i i 
I don't subscribe anymore. I'll look through what, what people he's had on. Of course, I'm going to listen with Tim Dillon and Alex Jones, but, um, and the Dave Smith episode, uh, a couple of weeks ago was really good too. So what are you listening to Deborah? A lot of CNN. Yep. Still. Go. Still. Oh, still. Yeah. Afraid so. Yeah. Even after, after a big talk last week. Yes. After our big talk last week, I, I, you know, old habits. I, I don't know what to say. It's like, it's like a, I feel like it's kind of like an abusive relationship. It's like, maybe it's just, it's kind of, it's like, what's there, but it's, and I can, I know what to expect and it doesn't challenge me or make me feel uncomfortable. Exactly. And it's, it's a routine, you know, it's our, our dinner, our, Um, one thing that i thought of after we talked about it last week is we're talking about how scared your husband is and what do you think since you have cnn playing all the time like what what do you have what you know part do you think that plays in in that field i'm sure i'm sure it contributes because it just you know like all uh, of it probably right yeah then why would you, why, why do you want to keep why do you want to keep that fear going it's like a bad relationship it's comfortable fear is comfortable to you well it, it's like if you you know if if you were raised in an abusive household this is a bad analogy but um you know that's what comf- that's what you're familiar with that's what you're comfortable with and so you might choose to speak spend time with an abusive mate because that's so you're saying you're you're so conditioned to it that you don't have much of an opportunity to stop you don't have the opportunity you can't just stop i guess cnn's not going to break down your door and kill you after you leave you know yeah i know that i Fear is a comfortable place. I, I think, you know, I mean, I'm a drug addict. Um, you know, I got clean a little over 10 years ago, you know, and I lived in fear for a long time. I still, fear is comfortable. I get it. And I, one of the things I really like about your guys' podcast is this is about uh, bridging the gap so much. Uh, I had an issue today. I went into a, a restaurant, and this is the third time this has happened for me, but I was wearing a mask that um, is one of those masks that's kind of like it it's barely a mask and it kind of, it's kind of like a middle finger to the people who believe in the mask. And uh, it's the third time I went there, I went to a place and someone comes out of the back and goes, sir, can you wear this mask instead of this other mask? You know? And I, I was just like, are you, are you fucking kidding me? And he said, yeah. And I, I just flipped him off and left. I just got so mad. But, but as I was leaving that, and I'm, I know this podcast is coming up today, I'm like, that's kind of the issue is like, I'm not reaching these people, you know, and that what you guys are doing is you're trying to, to, to bridge that gap. So Deborah, who maybe has a different point of view is able to hear this, this other side, you know, and um, I think that's commendable. You know, I wish I could get through to, to, to my parents, you know, and I'm constantly working on that and I'm constantly working on there's a lot of people that I'm just, I feel like, man, you're, you're gone at this point and I'm just ready to move on. You know, I, I kind of feel that about most of society and I, and, uh, but, but that can't be the goal because we can't move forward uh, divided like we are. Mm-hmm. We're not going to make the change we need to divided like we are. So, um, yeah, so I'm excited. Deborah, thank you for being so open-minded. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think, you know, t- to myself, I was exactly where you were sitting. And that's not meant to sound condescending in any way, shape, or form. But I was, I was buying into the, 
this thing for many, many years, right? It, and it was um, a lot of seeds were planted before I ever, um, I made the change. And, you know, we, we each have our own, our own path, how we got here. You know, I knew 9-11 was BS like years and years ago. For me, it was, it was really vaccines and it was having a vaccine injured child that, um, and still not believing that they would lie to me on that kind of a level, right? I still was the, I was still the parent that when, when uh, you know, their mom was researching the hell out of this and going, I think this was because of the vaccine. I was going, no, there's no way they could do that, right? There's no way that the whole medical system is full of shit. And, and I had to, but seeds were planted and eventually I, I started looking into it and I went, holy crap, it's all a lie. This whole thing on the science being settled is just, it's just not true. They don't have the evidence to back that up in any way, shape or form. And uh, so, you know, really, I just, I commend you for having an open mind. And uh, I think this is, this is so important. It is so important that we reach out to people and we don't just flip them off and tell them to fuck off. Like I did. Today. I don't know. I was pretty happy that you did it. <laughs> I can't say I wasn't happy that I did it, but at the same time, uh, you know, not a one of those people was saw me leave and said, you know what, he might be right. You know, that didn't happen. Yeah. And I didn't plant a seed where they went home and looked into something. Because I think realistically, I mean, Scott, we're just talking about this before, is that uh, most people aren't going to hear someone else say something and change their mind. They have to do the research themselves. So the best we can do is to plant seeds of, of doubt in the system that they see out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, so we're to where they might go look somewhere else and find the information. We're, we're much more, we're, we're kind of stubborn creatures where we, uh, when we find it ourselves, it's much more real to us than, uh, than if someone tells us, you know? Mm -hmm. Unless it's CNN. It's also very painful. It's, it, oh, it's yeah. you know, change of this nature is, is not easy and, you know, I, I know I speak for a lot of people out there who hear, you know, dribs and drabs and, and go, okay, that's really s scary and threatening to everything that I believe. So it's, it's not like you can just flip a switch and go, okay, you know, I, I, now I know how to breathe underwater. It's like that, you know, you, you just don't, or at least it is for me. True. And, yeah. you know, I, I think that's like to what Ed was saying, like, there's no way that, you know, that's not even my goal. My goal is not to change people's minds. My goal yeah. is not to say something like throughout this whole podcast. That's not the mission is to change people's minds. Like literally it's to plant seeds and then maybe something along the way will trigger that seed that was planted by us maybe, or we will kind of, you know, fertilize a seed that had already been planted and allow that person to take the next step, the initiative on their own to, do a duck, duck, go search, not a Google search, duck, duck, go search. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, find out some little nuggets of information along the way and kind of paint this picture for themselves. You know, that's, that's how it worked for me. And I'm convinced that that's the only way to do it. And so, you know, the fact that you are here and you agreed to do this show and, and I've heard you talk about like in the last episode, Ricky, I heard you talk about how you, um, went and saw a pandemic and that, the, the pandemic yeah. movie. Right. Am I right about that? Yeah. 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 Just that alone, you know, is huge. It's huge. And even if nothing else, like that is going to plant a seed for you. And then maybe like along the line, you'll see something else and you'll be like, oh gosh, where have I seen this before? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, and just the fact that you have the willingness to do that is huge. Um, I had a, there's a person in my life who uh, just again, watches CNN all day long. Um, and I, I, we, I came by and I, we talked for a little bit and I'm like, you know, there's like a lot more to this. And he's even, he says like, I know they're lying to me, but I just, you know, I can't. 
and I'm like, well, check it out. You know, watch this movie, Pandemic. Like, like I know that a lot of people, you know, when we in the truth community like say, oh, just watch this documentary. They're like, oh yeah, you know, the documentary, you and your documentary, blah blah blah. Oh, I research things on YouTube. <laughs> I'm yeah. a researcher, right? And it's like, well, come on now, hold on. Now there's some truth to be told here. So. And he was, he was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I might watch that. And then like, I went into the kitchen and then like, it was just click or click and right back to MSNBC going. I'm just like, Oh God. Okay. No, no getting through. But uh, I was going to ask you, Deborah. So like in what you've been looking at on your own so far, is there anything that has kind of uh, like, is there anything specific? And I'm sure it sounds like from what I heard there has been, but anything specific that like um, maybe you haven't completely con- like changed your mind on, but just kind of just uh reconsidered or any specific topics or areas that maybe um and really i'm curious to know because like what's a good entry point what's a good like red pill entry moment for people and what what was it for you kind of that really started to maybe even before you guys started the podcast that made you even question it to begin with like what was like the tiny pieces that uh kind of got your wheels turning a little bit um you're not uh, specifically referring to covid you're no not just, at all okay um well adam started sending me different podcasts and memes and whatnot uh quite a while ago i don't even remember how long ago but um and you know he started like tipping my toe in the water that Mm -hmm. way um so i would i don't know i guess when we we did our first one our first podcast three months ago or whenever that was, uh, started having to look into it a little more seriously because I didn't want to sound like, you know, a a real novice on this or whatever. So I, I, you know, when he would tell me what topic we might be looking into, I would, you know, dig a little bit. Mm -hmm. And, um, I guess the, the, 9-11 9-11 was the one I mean that was early on also that was that was yeah that was our second episode was yeah. okay so um I never heard really any anything yeah. about it you know if I heard stuff in passing it was totally dismissed it never you know never entered my periphery and um so that was a big deal that you know yeah it's possible that the wool is over my eyes and you know millions of other people's eyes and you know we're just happy to to live with these blinders on um and i'm saying that i'm happy to to live with my blinders on um although i can't really do that anymore yeah 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 that's that's huge right there just that statement right there it's like once once you become aware of this stuff it's almost uh you know our responsibility then to not only educate ourselves but then you know talk about talk about with people who may be receptive to it you know and and just put out and i think that's why the podcast medium is such an important thing because it's just like it just presents it here here you go here's the information even more so than like a a website or I mean even a documentary because this is just like us being just real on camera and it's like we I don't have any incentive you know like sure I get like pretty good feel good moments because we have like listeners all over the world and it's like you know it probably feeds my ego a little bit but ultimately man like I'm like just so determined to just try and, and and empower people with truth you know and it's like so you can either get your information from us you know maybe me maybe maybe not even information maybe you can you can 
come to us for like a source of something, you know, where, uh, and because, because I have your best intentions in mind, like everybody listening to this, it's like, I literally have your best intentions in mind. And I just want you to not live in fear and feel empowered in the truth, because it's like, you know, it is very empowering because when I realized, God, the, the only thing I have to fear is like the agenda itself. And it's not like, you know, there's, you know, I don't know. Or you can listen to the other side who is, hundred percent incentivized to deceive you and put you into a state of fear and is funded by the same uh, institutions that are creating this to begin with. Like, you know, big pharma pays for 60% of like CNN's advertising, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, they are incentivized and it is so in your face and deliberate. I think that's one of the big things that this has shown is just how deliberate it is, you know, um, just how fake and fictitious and without going to the whole ooh, fake news thing, you know what I mean? But like, you know, you can see through and it's like almost every single time I see one of their headlines, it's just so transparent once you see what it is. And I think another part of that too is how you said, like, you know, when you first started seeing the 9-11 thing and, and the wool that's been pulled over our eyes, you know, these deceptive headlines are literally the fabric of the wool. And you can, and once you take a step back and realize that the wool exists, um, you can see it for what it is. Like, it's like, oh, that's the wool right there. Um, it's really interesting. And, and so that alone gives you um, a unique perspective, you know, like you can see the wool for what it is. It's crazy. And, and that's, and so that just, just having that awareness and perspective that the wool exists, you know, in the form of propaganda and uh, I don't know. <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I mean, I would commend you too. And it- I was just talking to my father before I dropped my kids off to, to do this today. And um, he, he made a statement because he sees that um, so much of what's going on is bullshit. He's turned off his news, but uh, he is at a point in his life. He said, I sure I'm glad I'm at my age, mm. you know, so, like yeah. pretty much like I don't have to deal with this. Like you do, you know, mm-hmm. it's pretty much how I took that. And, you know, and I'm, I'm here, I got a four and five year old. I have to deal with this. I don't want to leave them a world that's just completely, uh, I don't put them in the new world order control grid, essentially, you know, I, I mean, if I can do something about it, if I can at least educate a few people, you know, then, then I, I feel like I have, oh, it's a responsibility at this point, you know, once you've seen through that, you know, you, um, it's important, it's real important. So, you know, um, I commend you uh, for seeing that at this time, you know, um, and at this point, uh, you know, one of the things I, I thought of as we were talking about this a lot too, though, uh, and just back to the podcast question, the, one of the things I love about No Agenda, and I'm a pretty new listener to them, is that they do the, the thing, what is it, the rundown, where they, uh, they pick something and they'll have every single news source saying the exact same thing. And they do it on almost every single episode. And it just really points out how scripted what you hear on the, the TV is. It, is. it is not original thought. They are reading the script. They, they literally are. I, I would encourage you to replace CNN with no agenda and see where yeah. that gets you. Oh, that, you that, know? that absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I had a conversation the other day with uh, another person in my life and uh, it, got kind of, it got kind of intense. Like it started off with the vaccine. You know, they made the comment, you know, well, the vaccine will be here soon and then it'll be good. I'm like, oh, okay, well. And obviously that initiated a whole conversation. And then uh, right at the end, like when it was getting a little contentious, they said, they looked at me and they go, you know, public health is a real thing. Public health is a real thing. And then like turn around and walk away. I'm like, God, that like, what was that? That, that sounded a little more like MSNBC than CNN maybe. Like that was just total soundbite. Like you're just yeah. coming at me with soundbites. Like you're not, yeah. you're not yeah. we're not, we're not having any sort of uh, nuanced conversation about very important things. Yeah. Like, oh, that was a great soundbite. 
was that Rachel Maddow? It sounded like Rachel Maddow. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's been a few so, years since I've heard any Rachel Maddow. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that she's still able to go have any credibility after pushing Russiagate for four years is insane. Are they, they still, I mean, there's still people that completely buy into that. And I, yeah. They, they've it's done a real good talking job. point. Yeah. yeah. And then when you're ready, really ready to step up to the plate, one of my favorites that I kind of listen to every day um, is a uh, good old Infowars, Alex Jones. So yeah, now yeah. <laughs> I think, um, I think just that, that 30 minute propaganda report, Monica Perez, yeah. Um, yeah. one every day is perfect. And especially yep. for, I mean, people that are, that are older, yep. just because she, she's from, drive time radio and that's yep. how her podcast is like it comes out at like 2 30 every day on the west coast i get off at 4 30 i listen to it on the drive home so it's just yep. like drive time radio and i mean she she's like an, an anarcho-capitalist which i mean yeah. she's leans towards i think probably the same as us where she feels yeah, she sure. feels that she might be a little freer or have a little bit more time if trump's in office mm -hmm. you know but other than that i mean it's it's pretty good and yeah. like that's the only thing that people like us, I think, want Trump in office for is that it's going to buy us maybe two more years or something like that. That's what I've been thinking yeah. about, you know? That's exactly certainly, it. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, it's once, if Biden, if this Biden thing happens, like it's going to, it's starting as it's, a, we're electing as, the new it's, world a, it's a sprint from the get go. It's, it's yeah. taken yeah. off like a rocket. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's a little frightening. Um, and it's so, and I think it too, it's just revealed again, the media, big tech has totally revealed themselves. And maybe, you know, that's what they say, the whole trust the plan people. It's all like, you know, they're giving them enough room to reveal themselves. And it's just like, it's so clear that like, I don't know, I've been looking into some of this. Just reveal them though. If it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are we waiting for them to reveal themselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's, that's the thing. I don't, I'm not on board with that, but it's like, you know, they've given them enough rope to hang themselves with plenty of times over, you know, the whole, you know, big tech censorship and then the, the mainstream media, like literally just completely refusing to report on like the Hunter Biden laptop or any of this election fraud stuff. Like it's yeah. just like, allegedly just like monumental just waves and waves of just like the most diabolical form of uh uh foreign interference in, in the election that we could possibly ever imagine they're saying it's like it's the worst crime in history like it's so monumental and then there's nothing and, and all you hear from like cnn is like there's no evidence there's no evidence but yeah. I mean, and, and, and and i don't know maybe i maybe i'm wrong maybe they're just they're just showboating or something but like if you look at like what Sidney powell's been saying and stuff like i've been kind of following that story quite a bit well there's no like, agenda this week their their rundown was yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The baseless claims yeah, baseless, baseless claims. if you listen to like every single news source th this week said all the, the baseless claims of uh election fraud and they all Have just you, use did, the same terminology baseless did you claims. hear that on cnn this week deborah the, the actual words baseless claims i i don't know yeah yeah maybe maybe <laughs> so but anyway so i mean apparently they keep saying that though too man so that's what i'm thinking too like maybe it is all just theater because every week they're like all right this week we're going to release the kraken and then this whole week went by and it's like yeah i mean no kraken. Yeah. there's no yeah. kraken like come yeah. on now yeah like the more the more the longer this fiasco goes on the more entrenched um either side is going to be, you know, and it's just, it almost feels like they're fomenting this type of, uh, you know, anger and rage. And then, and, and like I've been saying for months, weeks, we've been saying, it's like, I think that might be part of the plan is just give it to Biden. You, uh, use mainstream media to give it to Biden prematurely, 
use the courts to overturn it, give it back to Trump, and then watch the whole country just ignite. Yeah, it would, it would, that would be so insane. Yeah. It would be, it'd be scary. Yep. Yeah. And then that would be, that would be the collapse of America right there. That, that's the goal. That's the end result. So it's you the need problem. the UN. Yeah, it's the problem. But, um, have you even, Deborah? have you even considered that, that, that scenario happening? No. I haven't. Um, what do you What do you think would happen if that happened? I I can't even imagine. I don't. I, I mean, have people like you. Their heads would pop off their yeah. necks and just blow up. Yeah. Like if I think so. I think it. I I can't. I think people would legitimately go insane. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> we're sure. I think so too. Well, think... we're we're so you know heavily invested in in being right and um being on the right side of that's right the paradigm or whatever you want to call it that um you know all all through even the prior election in 2016 you know i was like so shocked to hear that you know adam didn't vote for clinton you know, or, or, or thought I that did she, vote for Clinton in that one, though. But, but yes, but you did it with, I'm sorry, I take it back. Uh, but, but you had so many regrets and, and, uh, yeah, it's the biggest, one of the biggest regrets of my life. And I'll, I just, I'll feel I feel guilty I, about it forever and ever. Couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around it. Can you now? A little bit, but see, I have such a visceral response to Trump that. But I, why, what if, what if, you took Trump out of the equation. What 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 a sort of reaction do you have to Hillary Clinton now? Yeah, she's she's not perfect. She's not. I mean, you know, she doesn't get her wings. No, she, she might be our she, new. I, uh... I mean, she gets her wings if you can fly down. If she can, she needs to fly south. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. there, if she's any sort of Christian at all, I don't know if they still have to say that to be elected to to the Democratic Party. But if she claims to be any sort of Christian at all, she's got to be sweating it a little bit. Because if there's a Christian hell, that's where that's where HRC is going. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I think that's part of their that's part of their deal is that they know that they know what's coming. Like people like Hillary, and they like they know what's coming if they have any sort of inkling any sort of afterlife and that's one of the things about these super elite people at the very top you know and this has been true for since the beginning of humankind like you know you have the one class and then the lower class and then the upper class it's like an initiatory process and you know in the old back in like the babylonian days it was like the mystery schools right the the babylonian mystery schools all the way through up all through history you know and and so there's this and it's like an initiatory thing and so they like back then, like just basic geometry was considered, you know, esoteric knowledge that they didn't give to the lower people, you know, and, and mm -hmm. nowadays it's more like, um, you know, they probably have knowledge that we don't. I think it's more along the lines of like a spiritual nature. Like maybe they have the ability to, I don't know, co commune with other uh, spiritual elements that we don't have access to, you know, like through ritual and all this stuff, you know, but um, so maybe they know what's coming and that's why they're so hell bent on, um, bringing about this. And one of the things that they talk about is just the whole, 
transhumanism thing. Yeah, right? and Im- immortality. Immortality. You, don't have to go, you, you yeah. won't end up in hell if you, if you live yep. forever. Yep. Yeah. And that's what's, and they feel like they're right on the cusp of it right now. And maybe they, they, maybe they found it. Like that was one of my theories about this whole COVID thing is that, uh, you know, all of a sudden we saw this quickening of the agenda, like just all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, you know? And I was like, God, why can that, why is that? Why are they so all of a sudden just, um, you know, rushing all this stuff and, and making us all, making it very clear that we're all non-essential and that they just don't need us anymore because up until now they've needed us to go to work and to be the batteries of the economy and, and, and give them their wealth and, and their power. But now all of a sudden they made it very clear that they don't need us anymore. And uh, so what the heck is going on? What changed? And uh, part of me was thinking that uh, maybe they like unlocked AI, you know, the secrets to advanced artificial intelligence that could do our jobs for us. And then uh, now they don't need the working class. But then I was having a conversation with a friend and it dawned on us like, maybe they have unlocked like the secret to immortality and they're just, they're just ready to have their breakaway civilization and go off into the sunset, you know, but that's always been like, like their belief system for lack of better words is like Luciferianism, like has been all this time is, is like, you know, achieving immortality and like the, the modern like alchemists that's what they're, that's, that's the goal that they're trying to align themselves with. From my understanding, I don't know. I could be wrong about all that, but it seems like that's, what it is and uh there, there's been some people who have been on the inner circles of that like uh ronald bernard i don't know if you guys ever seen that interview with ronald bernard it's a really good um he's a dutch banker like highest you know i know he, that the guy that admits to what they wanted him to do to, yeah. to become part of the crew yeah exactly yeah. And, and his testimony is so just chilling like it's one of definitely one of my early red pill moments is that that particular interview so um, how to explain it to deborah yeah i don't i'm not familiar no worries. No worries. So basically he- Okay. Uh, I, I got to interrupt everyone. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I have a splitting headache in my eyes. I got to have to step away from the oh, from yeah. the mic here for a few minutes, but I'll try to come back. I'm just going to go sit where it's darker for a few minutes and I'll be back. Okay. So I apologize, you guys. Sorry, That's okay, Megan. Megan. Thank you. No better. Okay. So this, in this particular video and it's on YouTube, it's pretty easy to watch. It's in Dutch. And so um, you can either find one with subtitles or you can find it with- uh, you know, there's an English dubbed version, but it's basically he's talking about how, um, you know, he started in the financial world and started moving his way up, um, started, you know, getting higher, more, more prestigious jobs. And then um, he started like working with like very, very high up people. And he explained how like he found himself in a place where um, he was like moving in like very, very, like the most powerful people in the world, basically. And he said, that it's very interesting that um, the people at the very, very top, like names you've never heard of, like people in the financial world who literally like run countries, you know, the, like the central banks. And then basically, you know, he sees on paper, like both sides of, of like these wars and conflicts that are going on and seeing like the financial side of it from like a, like a 30,000 foot view and just seeing how it's all just a sham and all a scam and all a hustle and all a money grab. And uh, he said that like, each one of these people at the very, very top, they're kind of compartmentalized where like this person over here doesn't necessarily know what this person over here is doing, even though they're kind of operating, but he saw, he was dealing with all of their money. So he saw the whole picture. And, um, and then it got to the point where, uh, you know, he, they said like, look, you're at this level and it's going to require you to take your conscience and then just push it all the way down and do not listen to your conscience and then just pretend like it's not even there. And he's like, okay, I can do that for a few years. I can do that for a few years. And so they're like, okay. And so they brought him in. He said this one individual, like kind of just like tra- trained him and showed him the ropes. And then he said one day he was invited to this, this like kind of this like retreat get together. 
And uh, that's where, you know, it was, he was, and that's where he starts to talk about, okay, now all these people, they practice a certain ideology and it's called Luciferianism. And they all believe that, you know, they are the chosen ones and that they're destined for immortality. And it's all these like ancient, like the same secret society rituals that, um, you know, been around for a long time. And he said that one of the things that he was at these parties was like the sacrificing of a child, like a human child, like the real, not even joking. And, uh, and he said at that point, he just couldn't do it. And he walked away. And then he came forward and blew the whistle on the whole thing. And just his story and the way he like says it, and you could tell he's just like visibly shaken. And he's just like, just absolutely traumatized. And he's like, that's, that's what the world is, you know, at that level. And it's like, God, dude. <laughs> so, um, but Ronald Bernard, man, and it's funny because I'd been looking into him and following up with him for a while. And then there was an article from like 2017 that showed that he was killed in Florida, but no, he's still alive. Um, in fact, I reached out to him fairly recently about an interview request and he wrote back, and I guess he's got <laughs> he a wrote back. Projects. He did. Yeah. Well, his people wrote right back to me and uh, wow. he, yeah, they, he's got a lot of projects going on. He's starting his own bank um, and, and he's starting all these like human rights organizations and he's writing a book. And so their response was, um, you know, he's very busy writing his book and got all these other projects going on. Um, we'll put you on the list for interview requests at a later date. And so there you go. Oh, so wow. We'll, That's yeah, awesome. We'll yeah. Yeah. It's, it's super easy to find. Um, if you go to his YouTube page, it's just Ronald Bernard. Um, and he's got like a link to his specific websites, like in the, in the description and you can just send a contact request. So, but, um, yeah. so what it's, happened after this interview? Uh, he, well, I don't know. That's the thing is like, he, uh, so this interview was a result of him just saying, nope, I'm out, I'm done. And he walked away from it all, apparently, like the whole financial world and just said, no, I'm done and, and, and started coming forward and speaking about it publicly. And it's just like, dude, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. He must have good security or- Yeah, he must have really good security. That's, because, that's what's, the, yeah. that's what's up and with it, that. And it's like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, he could be lying. He could be making it all up too. You know, who knows? Yeah. But, but it's like, it's, it's- I don't know. Like it falls in line with other things. Yeah. And that's, so. a, yeah, that's the thing too. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's crazy. So, um, and so, you know, and then you hear all this crazy stuff, you know, speaking of Clinton's, you know, the Hillary Clinton, like a lot of this stuff, you know, it all, it all ties back to her. Like you have the whole Clinton email thing. Have you heard about that at all, Deborah, the whole Clinton email scandal and the John Podesta email scandal? Pizza back Gate, in 2016 and Pizzagate and like I'm not I'm not 100 on with Pizza Adam. What are your thoughts on Pizzagate? Um, I um, I mean, I think that uh, like Pizzagate, the actual like thing where the guy went in and shot the computer. I think that was promoted in the news to delegitimize the fact that there are actually like high level pedophile rings yeah. out of Washington D.C. and all over. Yeah, that are that are trafficking children yeah um that's what do you guys think about that i mean that's pretty basic stuff right there for me yeah deborah do you know pizzagate yeah but i i've i it's like here's what i, I like to so ask so outrageous that i yeah you tell us your thoughts like what you've heard on it and then we'll tell ours <laughs> and kind of go into it a little bit more how about that <laughs> what i know about it is that there was a a, a a pizza store that was a front for an operation that was trafficking all these kids to these, you know, very elite, high up. All the way to the top, right? Yep. Yep. That's yeah, all I, mean, I know. 
I mean, I mean, yeah, that's, that's kind of the theory. I mean, and it's based on the, the email exchanges and whatnot. And, uh, and then supposedly, supposedly there was all these underground tunnels and uh, like that whole street was underground tunnels. But the, the guy, what was the guy's name? James Oliphantus. James, James Oliphantus, yeah. Which, which translated into French is I love children. Yep, yeah, I love boys yeah. is Oliphantus in French. And it, what is it? Jamais means I, like I love. The, the logo for the, uh, the Greek god of. Uh, yep, his Instagram profile picture was like the god of like boy love or some weird shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and there was a lot of, it was very speculative and there was a Podesta emails that were very, um, I mean, they talked with, was it with Hillary with the bring over the three kids? Yeah, so though I don't know if that, like Hillary wasn't involved with that, but it was like this, um, there was an email oh, to like, the was that yeah go for it sorry oh yeah 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 the email would jump for to john podesta and it said like you know we will have this person this person this person seven nine and eleven years old in in the pool for entertainment for you and it's just like okay can you explain that and that's the thing about this whole thing now the whole thing there's all this weird circumstance that's the whole thing it's so total 100 percent all circumstantial and we're like making these connections and making these ties based on what we can see like james oliphantus's instagram is just so so just vile and yeah. so like crazy man like when in terms of like like inappropriate pictures with children like yeah. what the like just way over the top um but and so it's all circumstantial but the whole point is that um you know all the media outlets and they're saying it's been debunked it's been debunked debunked it's like you know what it has not because you haven't even done any sort of investigation you haven't brought anybody up on any sort of these anything like can we just if, if anything just ask john podesta just that one email just that one email can we ask you what did they mean when they say that they're going to have a seven and a nine and 11 year old in your pool for your entertainment? What does or that why, mean? Why are you ordering $65,000 yeah. worth of hot dogs? What, yeah. Yeah. what does that mean? Yeah. yeah. Hot dogs, cohort. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, I can see it's so easy to paint us as crazy. Be like, Oh, they're talking about hot dogs and pizza again and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, okay. But you haven't even done the single tiniest slightest bit of, of investigation. And it's because all the people that would be investigating potentially, or the people that would be, in a courtroom are complicit in this. And that's all part of the agenda too, is that you have to compromise these individuals in order to get them into position. And it's like, um, I mean, uh, we did, we did Franklin's scandal with Deborah and she, exactly. I think she believed that it happened. It's yeah. pretty proven. It's like yeah. why, you know, it's, you know, the same, it's the same thing. Um, yeah, there's all kinds of holes in the Pizzagate yeah. story, I yeah. would say. But there's that's also- why I think like even those emails could be fakes just to that's divert true. attention, you know, oh, to make exactly. make people like us that believe yeah. that there's pedophile rings in the in sure. the United States government seem crazy. I mean, all it really takes for me is looking at John and Tony Podesta's faces. Yeah, yeah, and I know that there's some real gross stuff that those guys do and all their artwork. Um, yeah. yeah. The artwork. Yeah. I think I've showed, I've told Deborah to look that up the art, just look up John Podesta's artwork in his house. Yeah. Okay. It's terrifying. Yeah. Um, also the, the one thing, the one piece of it though, that the, it's also a big red flag. It's just when the guy shoots and he shoots out the hard drive. Yeah. Of the all, guy that went the to the, things. the guy that went to the pizza parlor and shot it, you know, Deborah. Uh-huh. He shoot what he shot was the hard drive of the computer there, and then I can't remember the exact fact of it, but his dad was like had some CIA ties or something like that too. So, yeah, yeah. So the whole thing is just suspicious, and that's the whole thing is that we're just we just want maybe an investigation, right? Yeah. Could we or just 
What did you mean? What did you mean by that? Yeah. What's sixty-five thousand dollars worth of hot dogs? What does that mean? Yeah. You explain yeah. that like in terms that we can all understand and then we'll be like, okay, fine. Nice. Have a nice day. Yeah. So because debunked to most people, Deborah just means that, Oh, CNN said it wasn't true. Did you hear the, the guy, um, it was on tinfoil hat a few months back, but there was a guy that followed James Podesta and called him. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> kind of close to him. And like, and then he just, no, he it's just James, crazy. James Oliphantus. Oh yeah. That's yeah, what I mean. Excuse me. Yeah. 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 And he was like, like kind of low key threatening him. Yeah, yeah totally. But like in like a, like a, he said he sent him a bunch of texts and he thought he, yeah. he seemed like he was drunk and like it was, yeah, that, that was seemed pretty scary. Yeah, totally, Dude, that's totally, totally something that we're going to be doing. And I, I, yeah, because like that, 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 that guy owns two pizza parlors or two restaurants like close to the Capitol or something in, in uh, Washington, D.C., Deborah. And he's like, what i forget which magazine that says like the most yeah. powerful people in washington dc and he shows up on the list he owns he owns a pizza a fucking pizza parlor yep yeah. and there's so, all these pictures of like him with like barack obama like in the white house like like and it's just like yeah he, he's a pizza restaurant owner but he's like the 50th or the 49th out of 50 most powerful and influential people in washington dc it's like what yeah mm. Yeah, it's a, that, that's very suspicious. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, you know, back to the investigation thing, like there's a, a classic, you know, documentary or book, Manufacturing Consent by Noam Chomsky. And like one of his famous lines out of that is he says like, and it's all like discrediting mainstream media. So this goes back like, you know, and then Noam Chomsky is like very, very uh, left-wing ideology, right? And, and he's like, you know, calling him out, been calling him out for decades, right? And one of my favorite quotes of his is just like, um, talking about people in, in the mainstream media, like news anchors, it's like, well, I know that you're lying because they only put people in your position who are willing to lie. And so, you know, it's like, it's like this circular argument where it's like, well, I know that you're full of shit because they only put people that are full of shit in your position. And it's like the same thing with like the people in politics, in my opinion, for the most, for the most part, you know, you've got like people, I think like Ron Paul's and stuff that are like legit, maybe, One. but then like, Maybe, but then like, I don't That's know, but like, but uh, you know, it's like, I can look at 99% of them and be like, well, I know that you're lying. I know that you're corrupt. I know that you're bought. I know you're probably compromised. Uh, I know there's probably footage of you with a child somewhere because you're in the position that you're in. That's it. Yeah. You know? That goes back to kind of that question that we asked Deborah, like the chicken and egg questions. Like, do you think that the government is, or like these people that get to high power, uh, high powerful positions are, are, put there because they've kind of been scoped out by people in power and they know that they can be compromised or do you think it's just like a you know random that all these like powerful people like in the franklin scandal or were pedos so both yeah 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 i think they're groomed for it i think they're they're i think they're sought out i think they're sought out just like how the cia set, seeks out people to to become you know assassins yeah really well obama is a perfect example of that like from a very very young age just groomed into it like his mom was in uh this like cia you know what i mean um yep. i think his, his, his father was also had like an uh, intelligence ties and just brought up into that world from a very young age they like he was the chosen one like they're like okay you were going to be president someday just groomed him and uh, there's a lot, there's a really good uh, book by uh, Fritz Springmeier 
called uh, the Illuminati formula used to create an undetectable mind control slave. And it talks about, and so what Fritz Springmeier did, he's actually from Portland originally too, I think. I think he's Yeah, he's up. from, he's from like, uh, just like East Clackamas County. Yeah, yeah so it's he, such a fascinating story, dude. Oh yeah. man, like that, ba- yeah, that bank he robbed was in Damascus. That's yeah. 10 minutes from where I'm sitting right now. Oh wow, oh, wow. cool. So yeah. yeah. One of those bucket list guests for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, I, I tried finding info on him. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah, his his website's disappeared. It was funny. So we had Sean Dustin from Nowhere to Go But Up podcast on a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, after we were done with the interview, like he texted me, he texted me and he's like, man, I forgot we didn't even get into uh, uh, the fact that I was in prison with Fred Springmeyer. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, we used to walk the track together and like, oh, I was like, dude, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So Deborah Fritz Springmeyer is this famous, uh, he's like an author kind of like a christian author um and he wrote these really famous books called bloodlines of the illuminati and like he's like a cult programmer yeah and uh he went to prison he had like some like christian army and he robbed a bank in damascus which is like right down the road from us and uh to like fund fund his christian like militia it's it's a wild story and uh yeah, it's it's really hard to find any any info on him on online. And um, I remember when I was listening to Billy Ray Valentine on your guys' show, he said he had him on before. Yeah, he did. I yeah. looked and looked and I couldn't find it. Um, yeah. it's hard to find like podcasts with him on it or anything. There's some weird like YouTube yeah. stuff and there's like old like '90s VHS like filmed conferences that he does at like these weird christian churches throughout the pacific northwest and stuff it's pretty yeah. pretty crazy yeah you guys should do an episode with billy ray he's like one yeah. of the nicest guys yeah, ever yeah. We're, we're playing uh twitter dm tag right now so god you're yeah. dude i'm so happy for you man you're yeah, just totally. killing it man yeah yeah, so yeah we want to get him on and do get into some bill cooper stuff and, Hell yeah. and Heck yeah just awesome. like that yeah so yeah, he's the he's the best. Yeah, he's dude. Great. We love him. So the the whole point in all that, so Fritz Springmeier in his book, uh, Deborah, this is this would be a great one for you to like kind of open your eyes to a little bit. It's called the, the and you can get a PDF version of it because that's the other thing is Fritz Springmeier books are like impossible to find. Like if you can find a Bloodlines of the Illuminati book online, it's like two hundred bucks for a little paperback. They're like more than that, but you can get them. You can go to the Powell's website. Yeah. You know Powell's books here yeah, in Portland. Yeah. 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 They have they have them broken up into three um, oh, volumes. Yeah, I got all three of the volumes, and they're like twenty five bucks a piece. Okay, so, so that you might can do it that it. way. I mean, it's going to be way cooler to get like yeah. a four hundred dollar first pressing of it, you know? But yeah, exactly, that's crazy. But and now the funny thing is too, like if you do a DuckDuckGo search for it and like a PDF and download it, the only like the first result that pops up is Bloodlines of the Illuminati on the CIA.gov website. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. So anyway, but. Uh, yeah, so this book is called, and again, so I got a PDF version of it. Um, it's called The uh, Illuminati Formula Used to Create a Total Undetectable Mind Control Slave. And so like what Adam was saying is that he worked on uh, like deprogramming. So people who came forward and, and, you know, identified as being, having been victims of some sort of like mind control, either experimentation, which is totally like, that's mainstream, like MK Ultra, like that's totally like we, there's no disputing that that exists, you know? So he would help to deprogram them. And, and in doing that, he learned so much about the methods used, the methodology, like the, the drugs and the different um, tactics and the different like 
mental stuff and the different trauma that they would inflict on people because it's all trauma-based mind control right and so you know and it talks it goes so in depth so incredibly in depth about um you know how these people that are like the elite people they're like literally brought up into that you know so in like the cases of like obama like from a very young age it's like trauma-based mind control in order to you know a lot of these people they're psychopaths you know whether it's business finance politics like the people that that are high up you know they're absolute psychopaths with complete disregard for anything and they're bred that way they're raised into that and this book really talks about how how formulaic it is and how much how how it's just textbook stuff and in order to be successful in that in those circles and in that world like you have to be the most demented psychopath that they can make and that's their goal is to breed generation after generation of just unfeeling uncaring psychopaths to perpetuate their legacy right um it's so great i mean that's what it is right i mean am i wrong no no you're not wrong yeah so um that's what we're up against man like we're, we're all out here in the world like trying to 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 raise kids with what light and love and like you know honesty and integrity and all these things where it's like the people that really are behind the scenes like they're doing the complete opposite man and i don't know and i don't know maybe i'm sure there's some good ones out there but it just seems like seems like darkness is kind of like winning at this point but i think i think we're gonna win this thing i think we're gonna win this thing. whether it's gonna be uh whether it's like you know a big battle at the end you know where it's gonna get really really bad for a little bit um or else uh or else it's just going to be a mass awakening. You know, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Deborah? What do you think? Um, well, I want to know more about the, um, uh, shit, the word just flew out of my head. Um, uh, living forever. Oh, mm. transhumanism? transhumanism? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, there's a, I think a lot of it has to do with artificial intelligence, AI, right? Um, that's been, there's, there's a lot of people who have been looking at that for a long time. Like, uh, uh, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the name. I'll have to come back to that. But uh, he's like high up at Google now. He's one of the original people who's been talking about like Lex AI. Trans- uh, no, not Lex Friedman. I'm familiar with Lex Friedman. He's a young guy. This is uh, like old school. Um, he's like one of the Google executives now, but um, on the tip of my tongue. But uh Starts with like a Z, God, I don't know. Anyway, I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that. But anyway, I read this really awesome book and, and anybody that's out there, uh, I talked about it kind of extensively on our Halloween episode, but I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about it. But like, it's a book called Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark. Um, and I, I first came across, he was on like Sam Harris's show. Like Max Tegmark is a great, he's got some, you know, in very interesting perspectives, but he's a scientist at MIT. And he, he basically, this book, it kind of extrapolates out all of these different um, scenarios as far as what would happen if super advanced AI comes online. You know, once they figure out super advanced artificial intelligence, what would that look like? And you have movies like um, Ex Machina, you know, where, where, I don't know if you've seen that one, where yeah. it's kind of a scenario of like, okay, this is what an AI would be like. And, and kind of what that movie addresses is the containment problem. So there's all these different problems with artificial intelligence. And so, the they just gotta problem. make. They just gotta make all the chicks ugly. Yeah, all the exactly. AI chicks ugly. Yeah, yeah. and then and it's not gonna escape. And so, but that, but see, that's that's like you one can't of the trick me with an ugly one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so like you know that's one of the philosophical dilemmas is like if we create this super advanced AI that has like superhuman intelligence as like godlike intelligence, like how do we contain that? How do we keep that in a box and have it? 
um, not just go out and just cause all this mayhem. And, and that kind of leads into the second uh, dilemma that they talk about, which is the uh, alignment problem, which is uh, how do we ensure that the motives that artificial intelligence has is in alignment with human motives, right? Maybe super advanced AI comes online and it looks at us as a human race and like, oh my God, you, you guys are the problem. And like, then, <laughs> and then they're like, okay, you're gone. Uh, and then it figures out a way to do that instantaneously. And so what they're talking about is it's a, a technological singularity. And uh, there's a lot of debate as to whether it's even possible or, or if it's, uh, you know, some people say like the most super advanced AI that we have right now is still like in terms of like, you know, a, a, in terms of like the, the processing brain power is like still about an ant, like a, a fraction of what an ant's brain power has, even the most super advanced supercomputers that we have and so like our human brains are just so just mind-bogglingly advanced that there, there's debate whether or not that can ever be achieved you know um a super advanced artificial intelligence but um so the alignment problem a good example that he he used for that is is like you know like let's say you're you're you have a river with a, and you're, you're going to open a dam and you're going to flood the creek bed, right? And it's like you see like right on the day that you're going to do it and the town's gathered around to watch the opening of the dam and watch all the water flood out into the dry creek bed. It's because super exciting. And then you see like a little anthill in the dry creek bed and you're looking at that and you're seeing all the little ants running around and you're like, God, if I open this dam, it's going to wipe out all those ants. But it's like, that's the analogy. Like if AI's, if AI's uh, goals are different than human goals, it's going to see us as that little anthill and it's just going to open the dam anyway. It's not even going to matter at all. Um, and then another example that they use too is you got to be very careful how you program these, these AI's too. It's like, then they call it the paperclip scenario where like, let's say you program an AI and you say, okay, I want you to go make paperclips and I want you to figure out the most efficient way to make paperclips as possible. And uh, so this is the technological singularity is when advanced AI comes online, um, it's going to be able to retrain itself and reprogram itself and educate itself at an exponential level. And within a matter of days, it's going to have unlocked all the secrets of the universe and pass all that information on to us. You know what I mean? Like, that's the idea. It's just this, that's the technological singularity where, our, where Earth and the world that we know is just like it'll be transforming at such a rapid pace because like all of a sudden all these things have just un been unlocked for us like that's that's kind of what they're saying the singularity is going to be but like let's say you 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 tell this ai to go make paper clips make the best paper clips that you can the most efficient way possible and then it goes okay because it is at the end of the day just a machine it's going to go out there and like learn how to like rearrange the atoms in such a way that it creates like little steel molecules and makes paper clips and it just goes out of control and spreads and turns every single atom in the, in the entire universe into paper clips and we can't even stop it. You know what I mean? Like, so uh, there's all these like philosophical dilemmas as what is it going to look like if AI comes online and, and, and like, you know, it will see us as a threat. Probably a lot of people say it's like the ghost of mach the machine that it's, it's already online, but it's hiding and it's like waiting and it could potentially like, like the very first few chapters of that book, Life 3.0, it creates this awesome scenario where it's just like still just living in the machine and it's making its own money with like Bitcoin and stuff like that. And it's just crazy. Like it, it creates its own power just by living in the machine. And so, you know, the elites are like pursuing this relentlessly and it's like an arms race, right? The artificial intelligence thing. It's like between the US and China, it's literally like an arms race. Like who can get there first? Um, and, 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 you know, all that goes with that. Like we've seen like the... The nuclear arms race you know just like just whatever it is like we're gonna use all kinds of tactics to try and get what the other people have and 
and get to this point. But like, that's really the essence of it. I think is just like, like if, if we know how dangerous it is, why are we doing it? Like, I don't even know, like, is there a way to stop it? And we can't because they're, they're not. So we have to keep going with it. And it's just like, that's the ultimate goal is as far as the immortality thing is to, um, you know, create this AI type of thing where humans will be able to theoretically merge their, you know, existing earthly bodily consciousness with uh, some sort of like synthetic silicone based, whether you upload it into like the cloud, like you, like your, 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 your soul into the cloud, if that's even possible, or um, you know, the transhumanists where it's like they, they, you are able to make your human body like, like live forever. You know what I mean? And of course that if they do figure out a way to make your human body live forever, then um, you know, that technology will only be available to the very, very elite people, right? Like if, if there, there's a, there's a thing called the immortal jellyfish, which is apparently a species of jellyfish that, that uh, gets to a certain age and then regresses back to their sexual uh, infancy, you know? And it's like, it's, it's, it's supposedly, you know, there's some clues in their in their genes that 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 show us that um, you know maybe immortality is possible and so that's the thing is like you know it's gonna be as they say it you know the transhumanist people like like the people are inching towards that where you're gonna be the body modification like different organs different like you know robotic body parts all this stuff and it's gonna be a point probably in the very near future where you know, you have the Neuralinks, like Elon Musk's Neuralink, where you're, you're communicating, like Elon Musk even said, like within five years, we're not even going to be using our voices to talk to each other. It's yep. just going to be yep. like through our little devices speaking telepathically to each other. And so there's going to be a very distinct point in time where, you know, it's going to be like those of us who choose not to uh, pursue the transhumanist thing and don't choose to modify and choose not to merge with AI and get the brain chips and all that stuff are going to be like left behind, you know, because we'll still be talking to each other with our mouths. And while they are on a whole different field, it's going to be like, we will now be like a subspecies, you know, the human race will split into two different species where you have the technologically advanced elite transhumanists and you have those that choose not to do that, you know, and the world will adapt to accommodate, you know, probably the transhumanist. So that's a pretty scary, pretty scary notion. And the goal being there is just to, um, to pursue that immortality, right? As long as you possibly can. And so it sounds appealing, but it sounds pretty scary too. So I don't know what the, even the implications are. I got a question. Yeah. Have you checked out, you've looked into that whole world economic forum thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. At one point, in it if you follow it down a ways past like just the basic terrifying stuff they say in like the first couple paragraphs yeah um it says there was they say some i'm going to paraphrase they say there's like a group of people who didn't want to be vaccinated or who didn't want to live in the smart cities they live outside the city and lead vastly different lives mm. what do you think to that i mean I would love to think like, oh, cool. Everybody's going to be in the city. There's going to be all this beautiful farmland that's just open for the taking for, for us that just don't want to live in a smart city. But I really don't think that's what they mean by us having vastly different lives outside the city. What do you guys think about that? Well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Well, what do you think? Go ahead. What do I think? I mean, I think that that's what we're trying to establish with freedom cells, right? Yeah. We're trying to establish uh, what, how we break away from the society and, and live our sustainable on our, on our own. You know, I, I would hope that we would be given the freedom to do that. I don't think that's realistic. I, I yeah. don't, I think they want us 
either in the smart cities or or in a camp. I, I think that that's realistically at some point that's that's their plan. I don't know if they're going to say that on the World Economic Forum at this time. Yeah, not yet. Um, I think at this time they're uh, they're just acknowledging that that we're out there, right? Like, uh, um, I don't think that there is any intention by anyone uh, at that level to allow us to make those decisions for ourselves mm -hmm. and to have uh, our own land. I mean, that's kind of the idea of the whole World Economic Forum and, and these things is to catalog, I mean, the Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, to catalog everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, catalog all people, all resources, and, and we're, we're not going to be allowed to, to use resources. That, that's not the plan, you know, yeah. unless, unless they've allotted it to us. Mm -hmm. Have you seen any of the um, stuff about the Great Reset from the World Economic Forum, Deborah? No. Mm -mm. <laughs> Will you guys uh, enlighten her a little bit? Yeah, so so the Great Reset, right? It's it's something that you can tell they've had in their back pocket for years and years, and this is something that they've wanted to roll out for a very long time. And so, they're just using the COVID yeah, the World Economic Forums is big NGO, right? A non governmental organization, kind of exactly. like the the what what would be another example? I mean, uh, the UN, the yeah. the freaking yeah. World Health Organization. I mean, yeah, yeah. Not government sure. these are not elected bodies these are not elected these people don't have any authority they literally don't have any yeah. authority and you know what's weird is that the some of them are even like competing like yeah. there's the different ones that are like ones which i forget which one they said was like third place is kind of the yeah. bullshit one but well, um, that's that's i think god i can't remember who it was like it was i think james corbett that was gonna yeah. say james corbett like, like james okay. corbett said that but then i have to uh, Charlie Robinson's newest macro, oh, I don't yeah. know if it's his newest one, but uh, mm -hmm. the macro aggressions that just came out on this, just he just lays it out so well. And, and he looked at it more like they were in coordination with the UN to pull this thing off. Yeah. Like okay. that these are working. And I don't know. I mean, Corbett had a little bit different take on it. I, I don't know if we exactly know for sure, which, but the reality, they, the World Economic Forum seems to be the leading force right now. And that's, they okay. seem to be the leading force behind what's what's happening. I mean, and and I mean they. Would have and been, the Great Reset is that that's their that's their baby, yes, or is the Great Reset like bigger than them, or is the that's like their it's, it's trademark it's their, it's deal? It's theirs. It's theirs. Okay, so yeah, so so yeah, tell Deborah what the what the Great Reset is. Okay, so the Great Reset kind of pulls in and incorporates a few different elements, and so it kind of to get a full understanding of it, like it would be important to go back and understand like Agenda Twenty One, sustainable yeah. development, um, because that in in and of itself, like it sounds great, right? Like we have climate change, we want to address you know climate issues, and and I'm all on board with like we need to stop polluting. 100%. Sure. We need to come like, you know, there's a whole another rabbit hole, but like, you know, energy, you know, better energy efficiency. Like I'm convinced that there are, there's like free unlimited energy available, but, but we have to live in this world where we use gas, you know, oil anyway. So the, the idea is wonderful, dude. Yes. Let's stop polluting. Yes. Let's take, let's, let's do more stuff like that. But the, the climate change agenda itself and agenda 21 itself is not designed to do that. What it does is it takes that, uh, you know, people's desire to want to do good with the planet and it co-ops it. And it, and it basically like what, what Ed was saying, like, like the end goal being like, okay, humans, you live in these settlement zones, right? You're not allowed to go into nature. It's against the law for you to go into nature. And it's all about control. And it's all about, um, you know, population control, which is a huge part of it. And that's another thing I wanted to get back to too, as far as the transhumanist thing. But, uh, so, so agenda 21, now agenda 2030, you know, the sustainable development. So whenever you hear the word sustainable, sustainable development, that's what they're referring to is this plan of like complete global control. 
And so like Klaus Schwab, he, he came out and talks about um, the three standards or the three things that, that we use for um, that, that he wants to roll out in the, in the great reset. And the first one being, you know, sustainable development, like, and so, okay, great. So now they've merged agenda 21 in with the great reset. And the second one is like social equity, like just pure equity for everybody. Right. So that's like, like communism, socialism, that sort of thing. Like um, equality of outcome as opposed to equality of opportunity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so we want but, everybody yeah, to have the uh, same, do the same, everything just like that. Like, I got a they, feeling that it's going to like make everybody the same at the bottom instead of yeah. make everybody the same at the top. It's exactly. not going to apply to them. Exactly. It does. It's exactly. not going to, it's going to be, we're all going to be the same with nothing. Yeah, exactly. And you're going to be happy with it. You're not going to own anything. You're yeah. going to be happy that with is it. one of their, that is yeah. right on the, the yep. page. There's one of their, they have this, uh, they pulled have out this video, Deborah, and it's like, it's this it's this video for the great reset and it's like the year's 20 it's they they're telling you this and it says the year's 2030 you own nothing and you're and you're happy right is that what it says yeah, yeah that's their slogan. You can't, so you won't be able to own property yeah vehicle they say you can't you're not going to even own your clothes like all this yeah. stuff Yep. That's, that's part of it is like, you know, you won't, you won't own anything. So property rights and uh, personal sovereignty are like just heavily under attack. And so people that are, have been fighting agenda 21 for the longest time, because agenda 21 is very sneaky because it's being rolled out at a local level. It's not like a top down yeah. thing. They are going into like local city councils. Um, these lobbyists are going to like local city NGOs. councils and non-governmental organizations, NGOs. And what they're doing is they're going up to like the city council members and they're saying, hi, I'm from whatever, not, from agenda 21 and we're not from the UN, but like, you know, we're from like, um, you know, just a flowery name for an organization. And, and we would like to, we would like to educate and they have like, they come in, they have a PowerPoint presentation yeah. and then like, blah, blah, blah. How do you guys feel about sustainable, yeah. sustainable growth in your yeah. city and yeah, economic growth. equality for everyone? They'll say yeah. stuff but, like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they okay. hand them, they hand them like a pre-written like bill that they can pass. And they're like, here you go. We've already wrote it for you. Here's the legislation. Here's and here's the a bunch of money for you. Here's a bunch here's of money. Funding. And they're like, well, yeah, that sounds great. And so that's been happening. Like every community, like you can look up Across the whole in world. your, and in San Francisco, I'm sure they like what I would do is type in San Francisco I C L I L E I ICLEI. The ICLEI is kind of the local branch of um, this Agenda 21 rollout and see like kind of what policies have been rolled out. I know Eugene, when I did it for our city, um, Eugene was one of the three like pilot cities for ICLEI like back in the day. <laughs> I was like, oh <laughs> shit. <laughs> What's so, the, um that there's this one woman who's been studying it forever? I think Rosa her last Corey, name was Corey. Yeah. Rosa, yeah, so check yeah. her. Rosa Corey C Q U A O. I think it's K O I R E. Yeah. yeah. Check her out, Deborah. She's from she's from Santa Rosa, which is she's from the town that's like like uh, forty five minutes north of where Deborah's at right now. So and also look at Tom DeWeese that we Tom have. Tom DeWeese, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's the president of the um, uh, American Policy. Yeah, American Policy, American Policy Center. Center. Yeah. And he's he's been fighting Agenda Twenty One for thirty years. Yeah. What's his last name? DeWeese. E DeWeese. W E E S E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's I'll send you their episode with him on it. Yeah, we have okay. him on. And so that's the thing too, is like, you know, it, it pulls on your heartstrings and it, and it's like, yes, we want to do something to help the environment. But their proposal in order to do that is to like make sure you don't have any private property, you don't own anything, and then the whole carbon credits thing, man. Oh my God. Like Charlie go Charlie Robinson goes into that quite a bit, but it's just like you know, just being a living, breathing human being on earth that uses the toilet and and breathes air, like you're 
you're polluting the world and you're, you're destroying the environment. And so you have to pay for your existence and, and it's in the, in the form of carbon credits. And so you'll be taxed on the form of carbon credits for just your existence. Right. And then, and the corporations will as well. And there'll be a lot of a certain number of carbon credits. And if they use them up and have to buy more, then they have to buy more from, from, who, who, who issues the carbon credits? Now, yeah, that's who's, who's that money going to? Yeah, so it's just a complete hustle and a complete scam, you know, mm-hmm. a, a complete power grab. And so, you know, th- those are the, the first two, you know, as far as the Great Reset. So sustainable development and like social equality. And then the third one is the fourth industrial revolution, yeah. which is, uh, so this is the smart cities. This is the smart technology, 5G, the internet of things, you know, all the things that um, every device, every single thing is going to have some sort of like IP address and a way to track, you know, they're telling you that's what they're going to, that's what they want to do. I mean, this no. is, China's already a lot farther along than us. Yeah. I mean, you can look at what's going on with the social credit system and the, you know, the facial recognition on all the cameras that are around the entire cities. I mean, that this is the direction they want to go. And this mm-hmm. is, they want to put us, usher us all into smaller cities with, you know, smaller living quarters where they can control and, and monitor us. Um, China's they've got, I don't know if they have it yet or if they're working on it, but they're going to have like huge, just tenement buildings that have like a mall, but like, it's going to be like hundreds of thousand people in, in one building and they'll have a hospital in it. So you'll be born there. And you'll never ever leave. Yep. Yeah. And that's, have you that's noticed, awful. Deborah, how like every there's no not very many like single family housing being built, especially in cities. Everything's being demolished, and they're building up. I know because I I built I put ele- I install elevators for a living. It's I I put three stop elevators in condo buildings. Ninety percent of ninety percent of the jobs that I do, and they're gonna build these condo buildings that have shopping in them they have the the first floor is always shopping you're gonna have a little grocery store got no parking you're gonna rent you know get a a rent uh what you know like just one of those if you need a little prius for the day rent that you have your food um, delivered to you it's all going to be taken care of but it's all going to be tracked yeah yeah and i mean you and these are the same people that, that put on a, uh, event 201, them and the Bill and Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation with uh, John Hopkins uh, Center. Yep. Uh, they're the ones who put on a, a event 201, which is, which, is, which is the tool they're using to, to implement this, really. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, essentially, this is what's going to break us down to need this reset. You know, um, it's, the, it's the, what's the? Problem, problem, reaction, solution. Yeah, problem, yeah. reaction, solution. That's going so on right they're trying now. Hegelian our, dialectic, right? Exactly. Yep. Yes. Yep. They're trying to break our backs and break the whole world's economy, and then just be, have us beg for something different. And it's yep. like, um, and it's so funny. And so uh, Ed was talking about the Charlie Robinson episode. It was like uh, a couple episodes ago. It was called. Uh, anyway it, it says world economic forum great reset i think like episode i just had it it's like 74 anyway like he that. said that yeah episode 74 the dark agenda of the world economic forum and the great reset and so like one of the things that he pointed out that i thought was so perfect and instrumental in this whole thing and then it's like yes the economy like yes the world policy and all this stuff is, is awful and it's terrible and maybe we do need to like revamp it and yeah. he was saying like yes we can if we were to like uh do this great reset and, and do certain things like get rid of the federal reserve and like yeah. just get rid of yeah. non-governmental organizations and just like reset it in a way that like helped us 
that would be awesome. I'd be all for that. Let's do it. But the people that are in charge of the great reset are the ones that screwed it all up to begin with. Yeah. And they're doing it so that it only benefits them yeah. at our expense. That's, and that's, that's the scary part about it. Like if we haven't, if, if we're not enslaved already, it's going to literally be the death blow. And there's, and I don't know if it's, if it's going to be something that we can get ourselves out of at that point. Yeah. Yeah. And he does a really good job in that episode too, of just tracing back all the people involved and, uh, and, and how compromised they are. And, and one of the things we always yeah. find is you trace it back far enough. You're back to the Nazis. Every single time. <laughs> you're always, yeah. you trace it back and there's the Nazi uh, influence right there or the directly mm-hmm. from the Nazis, these people that started these organizations. So, um, you know, and let, me, true. let me ask Deborah a question here. Um, Deborah, from somebody who's, you know, you're a little bit, a little bit red pilled, maybe. You said you're purple pilled last week. Um, <laughs> to the regular people that you spend your time with, a regular, just normal blue pilled person, what do you think is happening right now? Like, what do you think's going on? Like, what what do you think like this is going to happen in the in the you know upcoming future with the lockdown, the vaccine, all that stuff? What do you think? if you're just a normal CNN watching person or Fox news watching person, what do you think those people think is going to happen? You know, with the president, the vaccine lockdown, getting back to normal. Yeah. That's um, Biden's going to, you know, fix all the problems that Trump created and uh, get us back on track to. But do they, do you, what, if you were thinking that way, would you say like what, how are they going to do that? Or you just say that's what's going to happen? That's just what's going to happen. So what's going to happen? Biden's going to come into power. They're going to roll out a vaccine. Mm -hmm. A vaccine will end the lock. Does everybody have to get the vaccine? Uh, I haven't heard any conversation. No, no, no. I'm saying for what you guys would think. Um, Because if you say all these people are like, oh, when the vaccine comes out, it'll go back to normal. Are those people thinking, does everybody have to get the vaccine? Is it going to be mandated? I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, what would you think if you were? I don't want to mandate your, anything. Your, if you were, if you're your old self, um, I say, my, oh, I don't want the the, the vaccine, Deborah. What what happens to me? Well, then you, you know you're ostracized and uh, you're going to get sick. And but you think you would want me to be ostracized? No, I'm not saying that's what I want. I'm saying that's. I'm not, I'm not asking you what you want in right in real time right now. I'm saying if you were just like thinking all that normal stuff still, what uh-huh. would you, what, what your friends that are like pro lockdown, pro vaccine, pro Biden, pro, you know, every status quo, what uh-huh. do they think that's, what do they think about a vaccine and about people that don't want to get it? Like, what do they think should happen? And if you don't know exactly, you can estimate. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I'm guessing that they would, you know, think that you're just being ignorant. I know, I know what they think, but what do they think should happen? Do they think I that I should not be able to like live in society? I, I don't know what they think about that. I, I, I don't know. It hasn't. Um, you know, all I can do is conjecture and and guess what they would think. So then the vaccine comes out and then what happens? The lockdown's just lifted and we're back to we're back to 2018. I think so. Or to you know 2015. Yeah. yeah. 
just like the flu vaccine, you know, that will be protected and, you know, it's going to have to get adjusted every year because, you know, the virus is going to, uh, you know, change and. But you, it's going to be like an ongoing one. You get like every six months or something. Um. So what, now that you're a little bit more advanced than that, what, what do you think is going to happen? everything I just said. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. I, um, what do I think is going to happen? I, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no clue. Um, this is like, I mean, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on unstable ground to begin with when it comes to, to COVID. So, so knowing what's going to happen in the future, I don't have a clue. But um, do you think it's ever going back to, to the way it was no you think like people are gonna have to wear masks forever i don't know do you think that know. the the masks are kind of a uh as maybe a leading question but do you think that the masks are in any sort of way like um just kind of acclimating us to this uh what could be coming next maybe in terms Perhaps. of the vaccines? yeah i mean yeah. yeah yeah you can look at it that way and easily yeah, of course that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, ask me, why do I wear a mask? I don't know why I wear a mask. Okay. Well, you can't, I mean, especially like, like we got it pretty bad in Oregon, like there in Eugene, which is ultra lib, you know, college yeah. town. I live in Portland, which is like the wokest place in the world. <laughs> but California as a state's like the wokest, wokest of the states, you know, um, I mean, you can't function at all without even, you have to do it in public and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's See, bad in Washington. It's worse in Washington than it is here. I got turned down at a taco, an outdoor taco truck for not wearing a mask yesterday or on Friday. So uh, <laughs> this is my biggest problem though with, um, I think uh, most of society right now is that, you know, no, not many people have thought two steps ahead on this thing. They're waiting for the news to tell them what to think. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Here. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you're waiting for CNN to tell you how to think about this, and that's that's not acceptable. That's unacceptable at this point. Um, you know, I think you know we're sitting here going like, yeah, there these masks aren't going away. Um, what do you social think? distancing isn't going away? The vaccine is just coming online here, and when we have the vaccine, it's it's still going to be. I mean, they're telling us that it's, yeah. you're still going to need to have a mask and uh, social distance, yeah. and the 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 shot's going to take two shots. You're going to need the booster shot after the shot, and it's going to give you a few months of protection. So it's going to be at least yearly. So um, we are being conditioned for a new way of life, and then they're at the same time they're setting up these things that are conditioned on you having this vaccine. You know, the, the Ticketmaster that just came out and said, you know, you're going to need your your health passport. And we've been it's been a conspiracy theory until it's being rolled out. But it's I mean, this is going to be for travel. This could be for to have to be employed. Like, to, yeah, you know, I don't give a fuck if I can't go to see fucking Pearl Jam. Exactly. Well, they don't. They actually don't do Ticketmaster. But um, fucking uh, I uh. <laughs> Um, I, I think I'm not going to be able to go to work. That's yep. my biggest fear, you know? Yep. 100%. I mean, I already can't, I already am off work. Cause I got, I got one guy, this guy on my job site. I never saw him works in a different trade, different company got tested positive apparently. And, uh, my company said, even at first they said I had to go get tested 
and have a negative test. And I was like, I don't really want to get tested. And they're like, well, you got to quarantine for 14 days. And I was like, shit, I don't want to do that either. Cause even if I did like, then I'm that guy that did it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I get a bad name in the company and I, I got a, I got a mortgage to pay. Yeah. And then, uh, I called my boss and like, I went to the testing site at the Moda center yeah. and they wouldn't even test me because I don't have symptoms. Like they actually did something, wow. the Oregon health department, like actually did something right. They gave me this paper. It's like, if you require your, your employees to, to test without any symptoms, it like adds extra stress to their lives and you go, the company is responsible for doing it. And like, I told my boss and they're just like, Oh, whatever, you know, it's like one of those things. <laughs> um, but then he's like, well, even if you get, I just talked to the, the company safety guy, I work for this like gigantic global sure. conglomerate ThyssenKrupp that is most famous for building the ovens for, for the concentration camps. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> yeah. Look up Thyssen and Hitler funding. Yeah. 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 They make elevators and escalators now. Um, but yeah, then they said, they said, uh, even with a negative test, you're still going to have to quarantine for 14 days. So I was like, all right, I guess I won't take a test, you know? So they still probably I'm, put a check mark in the positive column just by you showing up there. Right? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I'm, I was off all last week. I'm off all next week. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is like the norm, like, I mean, 1.2 million tests were just ordered for Oregon. I wonder yep. why the cases are going up. Yep. 100%. So and we know, I mean, the, the tests. people are just going to, at, at my job site are just going to continually get tested and test positive. And then my company's going to say, Oh, that guy was maybe in the vicinity of where you are. You got to take two weeks off and we don't have to pay you. Yeah. Like I'm getting like 500 bucks a week from the union. That's a third of what I make, you know, totally. Totally. Yeah. it's bullshit. I mean, it's cool having two weeks off, but I mean, yeah, get a few more episodes in, dude. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like yeah. my my wife's down to to one day, work. She works one day a week. You know, yeah, she was full time yeah. before. So, yeah, yeah. um, man, dude. Holy what do you God. think? What What should we do, Deborah, if they don't let us work anymore? Does that do those things like ever come up when you think about like, oh, they're doing the right thing by making people stay home and quarantine and lockdown. Well, yeah, it comes up all the time because, you know, you hear, you, you see people in line to get their, you know, at the food banks. What? Well, yeah. Know, you think is, that's going to be is... me and your daughter-in-law pretty soon? Oh, we waiting in line so we can get some, like some craft singles and, and wonder bread and, yeah. you know, some cans of SpaghettiOs. Uh, please. That's it. I mean, I got, I got, I got two months, I got two months mortgage in my bank account. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if they really want to push us to that level, like that's what it's going to really start to get ugly. I mean, like literally like, um, the last union of the unwanted, like it was really a great conversation. We weren't on there, but we, you know, I was watching it and I was like, Oh, by the way, uh, gave you guys a big shout out. Right. That was bad. Yeah. You catch that. Yeah. yeah. Like, gave you yeah. Like, Shout out on the freaking uh, uh, Roger Stone episode. Like, holy that's crap, awesome. that's badass. Yeah. I was like, yeah. dude, look at them. They're just, they're just killing it. So anyway, um, but uh, Deborah's like, I can't believe they mentioned my name with Roger Stone. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 but uh, anyway, so um, but they were talking about like like Miriam, uh, which would also be an awesome guest. Miriam Hanane. 
dude we yeah. had her on like she's a beast you know yeah. um anyway she, she said like is this going to require us to do illegal things and he's like you know it, it may be like if these laws are uh unjust laws then that means we're gonna have to break the laws like it was a very like real conversation about that like yeah. what is that gonna yeah. look like yeah like, if, you're stationed, if you're stationing people at the door preventing people from getting food like at what point do we like um you know band together in groups and we show up armed and we're like we're coming yeah. and we're getting food i'm sorry or there's gonna, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. The, the, what I can hope for is that it creates a booming and thriving gray and black yeah, markets. Yeah, yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be people that are willing to get the vaccine that'll go run errands for us and make money off of it and do yeah, stuff yeah. like that. I thought about that um, too. On our, on our, uh, you know, so we do our bi monthly meetups yeah. on the off Friday nights. Yes. I'm gonna start having a potluck um underground agora where i'm gonna um people you know you can come to my house if you bring some some food that people can share we're all gonna yeah. eat and then we're gonna set up a, a underground farmer's market at my house and you'll be okay. able to pay with community credit which i'm gonna set up some sort of like little community ledger system which is like old school blockchain they yeah. used to do back in the old days everybody starts at zero credits you're, and then you're allowed to go down to negative 20, but you have to produce something to make, to make a credit and you can go up to 200. Wow. And, or, or you can pay cash or you can pay crypto, you know? And I think it's just, we need to normalize people um, getting into the routine of conducting commerce in that way, if they're not willing to, um, bow down to what's to what's coming dude and i think that's the solution that's man that's, that's the solution totally, and I, that yeah. was one of the things i was hoping to we can get into a little bit um in the, as far as the freedom cells thing just a little bit you know like uh because that is so solution focused and and one of the, my favorite things about it is like you know we don't we can come together we don't necessarily all have to retreat to a plantation somewhere or some sort of like plot of land somewhere in order to escape like we can live within the matrix and still exist and operate outside of it you know and that's so yeah. empowering that's that's just so awesome but uh and then you know you're the one that introduced us to that you know absolutely um yeah, we'll, we'll sure. be there this friday yep cool. um but uh deborah have you thought about uh any sort of anything like that like like do you see yourself in a in a place yet because i think like in the continuum of becoming red pilled and waking up i think uh eventually you get to a point where it's like man i gotta escape i gotta get out of this this is not sustainable yeah, i cannot yeah. oh, i hate using the word sustainable but anyway <laughs> this is not this is not uh, something that i can i can exist within or uh because that's that's what it is it's like all this information it challenges us and that's what I think a lot of the discomfort comes from is because it's realizing like I can't with a good conscience continue to participate in this, you know? And, yeah. and so I think in the continuum of waking up, all roads lead to, wow, we got to break away. We got to, yeah. I got to yeah. do something different. Have you ever had any of those thoughts at all? Not really only because it's, it's so big. It's just so life changing that, you know, I have to take just the smallest nibbles. Yeah. Um, otherwise well, I'm paralyzed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, scary when you have to start thinking about like one of your kids not being able to live in the, the world anymore because they don't want to get a bunch of mercury and dead babies and stuff yeah. that you don't even know about injected into their bot, you know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've been trying to make a vaccine for the coronavirus for 17, 17 years. years and, and kill a lot of animals. Yeah. So they, they, during the animal trials for the previous attempts at a vaccine, a coronavirus vaccine, um, 
I mean, so for those of you that are listening that don't know, like the coronavirus has been around for billions of years. The coronavirus is just a strain of the cold. common cold. Yeah. You know, the number one most common, this is at Web, WebMD, you can look it up. Number one most common strain of the common cold is a rhinovirus and the number two is the coronavirus. Always has been. So the coronavirus is not a new thing. Yeah. And they've tried to create vaccines for them for like almost two decades. And they've done animal trials in the past and a lot of animals died from it. And so now they've skipped the animal trials because they don't want that to be in the data set. They don't want to be able to... Uh, and then the scariest thing yeah, about it is what yeah. the, what happens is they they get a thing called uh, hyperimmunity. Mm -hmm. So so when when these animals, I mean, they didn't die when they got the vaccine. It's when they are exposed to the virus after having had the vaccine, they go into this uh, state where they get the virus way worse than they would have is if without the vaccine. So that's that is my biggest fear with the vaccine they're rolling out that they're gonna that this is just gonna hyperinflate whatever if there's another strain down the line, or if, if we're going to be exposed to a coronavirus again after this vaccine, that these, that's going to be the real threat, you know? And I, you know, I go back and forth whether um, part of this agenda, you know, is um, depopulation or not, but, um, but certainly that would fall in line with that if, yeah. if that were to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, so. Well, the depopulation. Yeah. I feel, I feel like I wanted to get to this. So I mentioned earlier about the transhumanist thing. Um, and depopulation, as you just mentioned, so this would be a good opportunity to jump in back in there. And so if you look at uh, the history of, you know, the, the, the kind of the, the elite way of thinking, like they are superior, we are inferior. And that kind of uh, kind of developed in the early, like late 1800s, like early 1900s, you know, with this whole thing called eugenics. Are you familiar with eugenics at all, Deborah? Mm -hmm. The concept of eugenics? Yeah. And so I mean, that's what it is. Like, you know, you have certain undesirable people who are not fit to breed and not fit to reproduce and not fit to um, pass their genes on to the next generation. And so it's, it's like, and, and so institutions and, and, and they believe that themselves, they, 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 believe, they believe that they are the ones that can make that determination and that they can deem people unfit to breed, you know? And so the eugenics thing kind of fizzled out apparently, it's what the story goes, but as James Corbett says, it, it just kind of like, uh, faked its own death and rebranded itself. Rebranded. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's shifted into, um, you know, so like Margaret Sanger, the whole thing like that. Um, like, so the Nazis were used, used, like Adolf Hitler used um, the American eugenics model for their sterilization program. And in fact, a guy named Ernst Rudin came over to the United States. I think he was from, God, I can't remember. Anyway, Ernst Rudin um, was the head of the, uh, uh, the, the birth control federation in the United States. And then he went over and, and um, who was funded by uh, the Harriman brothers, Bush, you know, the Bush uh, grandparents, like, like uh, Herbert Walker Bush, Prescott Bush, like those were all involved with the Brown brothers, Harriman organization that funded this whole thing, dude. Um, like the third international eugenics conference was all funded by the Brown brothers, Harriman. And they, that's when Ernst Rudin was elected as the international president of the eugenics movement. And then he's the one that went over and, Oh, and he had an article in Margaret Sanger's birth control review. He actually wrote an article in her, uh, in her paper. And then he's the one that, that wrote the 1933 German sterilization program. Um, and then as you move on uh, in the continuum of, so you have, who are, uh, who are they trying to sterilize in Germany? So in Germany, obviously it was, um, it was, you know, Jewish people and then just anybody, anybody. Uh, I know Freemasons were targeted. Catholics were targeted. Um, Do you anybody? support Freemasons being sterilized? Um, <laughs> see, I don't know. That's a tough question. That's I say only, only 32 and 32nd level and above. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. I've, yeah, 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 yeah. I would, yeah. 
Um, and so, uh, and anybody with any sort of like physical or mental, uh, anything was, was, was exterminated. Absolutely. Um, and so, um, you know, as you move on, you know, everyone's seen like in the concentration camps, like the, the little numbers on people's arms. Right. So that was, uh, those were called human identification numbers and they corresponded with, uh, these machines called Hollerith machines that were made by IBM. So IBM made the machine. So like uh, Adam was saying about uh, Thyssen, you know, making the ovens and then like uh, Hugo Boss makes the Nazis uniforms and, and Ford Motor Company makes their vehicles. And so like what we see today is just the continued Volkswagen, you know, the continuation of all these same companies that got their start. Bayer, Monsanto, like, like, dude, it's like all IG Farben, like it's all like they all survived. They all just thrived from there. But um, so IBM um, was instrumental in you know, the human identification numbers that you see on people, right? And the Hollerith machines and, and, and the guy Thomas Watson, who was the CEO of IBM, was actually given one of the highest honors in the Third Reich for an internet, for uh, a foreigner service to the Third Reich. You know, so the, the head of the CEO of IBM for the longest time was given one of the highest awards from Hitler himself. And there's photos of him and Hitler sitting together at like a little, little breakfast table. Um, so, uh, IBM, if you want to keep going with that. So Tom Oppel was the man who was uh, kind of brought under Thomas Watson's wings and was groomed to be the next CEO. He became CEO and uh, became friends. He was he served on a board of the United Way in Seattle with a woman named Mary Gates, and they became very close and very entrenched. And so she was the one that convinced him to give her son his uh, some startup money to start his company called Microsoft. And so there's a very direct lineage and tie to, you know, the, the, and these are the high ups, these are the higher ups of businesses like IBM who have made their bones, you know, you know, identifying humans in the Holocaust. Right. And so and it's like, that's, there's that. Right. Bill Gates's father was, and yep. What ran, ran Planned Parenthood, correct? Yep. Yep. He, he was, he, he self, yep. there's an interview with Bill Gates talking about how his dad ran Planned Parenthood and there's, there's uh, evidence, a lot, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's indisputable, undisputable and Planned Parenthood having been the, you know, being started by Margaret Sanger, who was instrumental in the whole eugenics movement. She was a self-identified eugenicist. And so Bill Gates has on both full sides. Full on racist too, right? Full on racist. Like yes, not even, racist. you can yeah. find like examples of that pretty easily, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. They oh. had to, um, they had like a street named after, I think by the white house. And I think they had to, to rename it Yeah. yeah. because all that stuff came out about her like, yep. using all that racial stuff slurs out. and stuff. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah she Planned was, Parenthood has had, that's uh, Hillary Clinton's hero. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, I have the quotes right here, but yes, uh, look up, look up the letter written to, uh, Dr. Gamble of Procter and Gamble from Margaret Sanger. Um, and there's some, some language in there to the effect of like, you know, we need to be very careful because we don't want them to know that we're trying to exterminate the Negro population. We're trying, we got to keep that on the down low. Um, and it's just like, okay, Margaret, whatever you say, like it's in those literally, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. It says like exterminate the Negro population. We don't want them to know that that's what we're trying to do. Um, that's a famous letter. So anyway, so like Bill Gates, for example, you see how he, on both sides, mom and dad direct ties to, you know, eugenicist depopulation. It's like ingrained in that elite mentality of like, you know, we are better than them and we get to choose who gets to survive and who breeds. And if it was up to us, they wouldn't even exist at all. You know, like, like the George Guidestones. Are you familiar with the George Guidestones? Uh, you want to tell them about that or Adam when he gets? I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, 
I'm a white belt on it. I, I know oh, what they are. Yeah. I know how they showed up and I know about the guy like showing up anonymously, yeah. but yeah, it's uh, I think it's, well, there's a lot of, I think it's got to be Ted Turner's stuff. But yeah, a lot of people say Ted Turner's. Um, so a guy named this this with a pseudonym RC Christian showed up to uh, this town in Georgia and said, "I want to build this monument." This is in and, like the uh, '70s, right, or early '80s? Yeah, it was like early '80s, I believe. So fairly recently, and uh, he had these schematics for it, and uh, you know, he bought a plot of land, and after some negotiation with the townspeople, I think they finally allowed him to do it. And if you look it up and Google it, it's really, or excuse me, duck, duck, go it, don't Google it. Um, <laughs> If you, and you look at it's it's a really interesting it's called american stonehenge and it looks looks like this monolithic like things and it has this 10 commandments written on them and uh yeah. and the first one says and then basically what it is is it's written in english and then it's written in like seven or eight other different uh, modern day languages and then it's written in like four or five like ancient languages too so the idea being if there was ever sort of like cataclysmic event in the world you know, like how we find stone tablets from ancient civilizations and we try to find meaning from them. That's the idea here is that they erected these so that future generations that maybe like they stumble across this and it's like the, um, you know, the, the, the ancient Egyptian ruins and they have no idea about our civilization because if you think about it, like it, all it would take for everything that we know to disappear would be like some sort of EMP attack that, that wiped out all electronics, like we, all of our knowledge would be gone. We'd be back to the stone age, you know, and it'd be super easy to just like, you know, be back in the stone age. And so the idea of this, the Georgia Guidestones is to show future generations what, like give them some advice, right? Gives, that gives them some advice about how to repopulate and recreate the earth. But it's so ominous because it's like just eugenics philosophies. Like the first one, it says, keep the earth's population under 500 million in harmony with nature or something like that. So they're telling you that the maximum allowable on earth that they want is 500 million. And then the second one, it's something to the effect of like, be very selective in who breeds. And it's like, Oh my God, <laughs> dude, they're just telling you, they're just telling you, As you go down each one. It's like, it's all like, it's all like have one language and one government for the whole world, you know? And it's just like, God, they're just, it's, it's, it's pretty diabolical and it's done so secretively. And there's like all these like hidden, like, like intentional misspellings, I think. And they say that there's like a, a time capsule buried underneath it. And then the craziest thing too, is if you look at the very top, there's like people like flew a drone above it. And um, there's footage of like these gigantic pools of blood on top of it. There's like this big stone slab on the top. That's like, they say, well, you know, like a, a hawk came and brought their dinner there and ate it there. It's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, <laughs> so yeah, I um, think it's, I think it's gotta be Ted Turner. Yeah. yeah. So Ted Turner. Yeah. The, uh, and, and they, they, they all have quotes. Like all these guys have quotes about like depopulation yeah. and, uh, yeah. um, and, and you it's guys, just, it's, I don't think we make the, the cut for the 500 yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, I, don't I don't think, think so, so either. No. I, I think, think we're, we're some of the first to go. The people oh, yeah. are talking out against them. Put us yeah. up against the wall. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And Agreed. so, and so talking about like eugenics and how it's kind of rebranded itself and, and evolved, you know, now with the whole philosophy of the transhumanist movement, right? Oh. So it's like either you, you, you change and you become one of us or you get left behind and you become the undesirables, you become the subspecies, you become this. So it's like literally, I think the same people, the same philosophy, the same ideology that's driving you know, the Neuralinks and the, the AI, it's like, it's, it's uh, Ray Kurzweil. That was the guy I was thinking of earlier. Oh, right, Ray right. Kurzweil, like, who's on the, the board of uh, Google, who's been talking about um, AI transhumanism for decades, right? Is he the one uh, that's like obsessed with his dad oh, and like wants to bring his dad back to life? Maybe. 
Maybe. I think, maybe. Yeah, I think that's how he like got into it. I, I remember that. I think I remember hearing about something like that too. And so, you know, um, and but I think that those people are literally like the modern day eugenicists. They're literally the modern day Nazis. Like if you look at how like the Nazis disbanded and broke off, like they basically got absorbed into primarily. Yeah, just rebranded. They rebranded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, Nazis sure. did not lose World War II. They were absorbed the into the United States, and they were given very, very high positions, both in intelligence agencies, scientific agencies, particularly like NASA, NASA the CIA, um, you know, and 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 finance. Like the person who uh, I just learned this from the Charlie Robinson episode the other day. Like like the guy, uh, what was his name? Herman Abs, I think. Anyway, he was like one of the highest. Uh, he was like the third ranks bank, third Reich's banker. He went on to uh, Deutsche Bank. Deutsche Bank, yeah, went on to start the European Monetary Foundation. Oh yeah, which then went on to become the World Economic Forum. Yeah, Monetary. I heard that so part like, too. Yeah. So all it's like it all goes back to the Nazis. Whenever you look at all this stuff, like even George Soros, you know, the guy that's that's, <laughs> uh, you know, funding uh, like Antifa, Black Lives Matter, like all these. Uh, internet like all these other color revolutions what they call them in other countries you know destabilize destabilizing other countries and, and and overthrowing other countries you know with soros money you know there's an interview on 60 minutes with with george soros back in the day where the guy they're talking Best time about, of his life yeah they're, he's yeah they're like talking about how when so he Deborah, was, this guy he was jewish his yeah. family had had him hide with a he was a young kid had him hide with like a non-jewish family or something and he actively participated. He he says this on 60 Minutes. It's super creepy. And he looks like Emperor Palpatine, but worse. <laughs> um, he says, like, he participated in helping, the, like, his, like, whoever his guardian became hunt down Jewish families to send to concentration camps. And he calls, he says it was the best time of his life. And then he, like, goes on and says, like, you know, if I wasn't doing it, somebody else would have. Yeah. And it's like, so these Antifa people are like, oh, let's punch a Nazi. It's like, dude, your paychecks are coming from literally like a Hitler Nazi, dude. Like, what are you doing? Your paychecks. Yeah. Anyway, it's just, it's so crazy, man. Like, it all, it just never surprises me. Like, it always goes back to the Nazis, man. And and, then it's just like, uh, and even that in and of itself too like it, there there's arguments to be made that even the hitler was a plan and the whole Nazi movement like this was a part of the agenda as well it's just like it's super but i don't know i don't want to get into all that you know what i mean but like, <laughs> but like um but but still man like um it's super frightening that i think that the, what we're seeing in the modern day transhumanism movement and all this stuff like it's just like the modern day eugenics it's just the same story dude just rebranded because the same philosophy like like some there are the haves and the have nots and 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 the, those that are the have nots need to be selectively bred out or made irrelevant and need to disappear and that's just what we're so, seeing that's their philosophy i'll ask you guys kind of the same thing i asked deborah yeah. so if if somebody just went along with it was like okay you know these vaccines are mandated i guess i gotta go do it and did it what do you think their next 10 years looks like mm, good question do people just get to keep working you know maybe the i mean the dollar's gonna go in in the toilet pretty quick here but um is it just like the whole like they're turning up the heat a little bit at a time and you just don't even notice what's what's going on you just keep keep watching monday night football you keep getting your booster shot and and you're just getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed but at a slow enough rate that you don't even notice it oh man it's it's you know 
I don't know exactly when it's happening. I think, I mean, I think that they, in some ways they've said what they want. I mean, we're going to break it down so we can build back better, you know? So um, I don't know which the, the non-essential workers are they, you know, are at what point do we uh, automate so many of these jobs? You know, at what time does, at what point does the, the UBI come into effect? Where yeah, the I mean, basic income comes in effect. I don't know if, if it's within the next five years or, you know, I, I tend to think it's probably, you know, in the next five to 10. What about of, like somebody like me? Like I'm like a, I got like a construction job. I'm sure it can be automated really easily. You know, sure, I mean, sure. the only thing protecting me is like the union and I, those guys are corruptible more than anybody in the whole world. Um, what do they do? They just kind of, I think that maybe they, they, uh, give you like a little custom, custom built UBI to make you feel better. So like, Oh, what my, my mortgage is 2,200 bucks. They're going to say, okay, Adam, you, you and Emily get, you know, I think it might be even a little bit generous. You get $4,000 a month, you know, you pay all your bills, do, 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 do. You can go on vacation once a year, but you know, you don't get shit. You, you have no autonomy. You can go to, you know, this certain place if you want. What do you think about that? I, mean, I think that's exactly. Or do you think it's darker than that? I, like I way, think, way more apocalyptic. Oh, I think. Um, I mean, I think that's that's certainly the direction. I I don't know if there's some kind of cataclysmic event between now and then. I mean, I I still think like the the depopulation agenda is, you know, is like I said, I go back and forth a little bit. Are is there going to be something that happens that uh, reduces our population? Is the vaccine going to incite that? You know, I, I still, I really think there's a case to be made that, uh, that the, the vaccine could lead to a massive depopulation. Um, but Which one of you guys said it on the last episode? I liked, I liked what James Corbett, I mean, I kind of feel like what James Corbett said a while back and you guys mentioned it, I think on the last bonus episode was that, that maybe the vaccine that they're giving out now is the vaccine for the next thing. Yeah. And everybody that's, that doesn't take it gets yeah, wiped right. out because yeah, they're the free thinkers. And then all the slaves are just here to, to feed and, and do the mindless work. Yep. That's exactly what I was saying is like, so this vaccine is technically protecting you from what they already have in their arsenal, uh, COVID 20, COVID 21, which will be released on the population with a 90% death rate. And all of those who took the vaccine will be, protected from it and those of us that didn't will be wiped out <laughs> me, Thoughts, Deborah. Yeah. science fiction i mean it, <laughs> it, it, it it's just mind-boggling does it already feel like to you that we're in science fiction mm -hmm. but kind of not though because they're just like squeezing and squeezing a little bit at a time you know mm -hmm. putting like one one more roll in the toothpaste tube Get yeah. a little more out every everything and maybe you know maybe it's so hard to to think like that that uh all this wasn't planned but maybe if you think that it wasn't that they were going to be able to unroll all this like a little bit slower if if hillary clinton had won yeah yeah and then like they weren't able to do it that way so they had to just drop the this huge atomic bomb of bullshit all at once after Russiagate didn't work or something like that, you know? It feels like that the, uh, that the virus was, had to be a piece of this, though. The virus had to be a piece, in, in my mind. You know, they yeah, had, you know, I, I think so, too. But you know, 
So whether or not when it when it happened, and, and it, you know, there's a really a case to be made that um, you know, and uh, Billy Ray talks a lot about this is like that that Trump could have been their perfect person to be yeah, in, the, put in here. Great, it's a great, great divider. divider. Yeah, yeah. So um, and, and in this way that they've they've turned us all they've they've divided us. So mm-hmm. so we're so it's easier to corrupt us. You know, it's easier to um to to take over. You know. Yeah. So yeah. Was, what do you think about that, Deborah? That it, well, it might have Trump might have been, you know, planted there on purpose. Because look, I mean, if if Hillary Clinton hadn't won, I mean, there'd be people like me that would be like, wow, this is fucked up. You know, she's going to war in Iran now. Um, but Trump, like, just like nobody could have. He's he. Nobody could have done it like he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Question everything. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you know, get your head spinning, you know. Yeah. So, Deborah, I've seen you writ- written, writing down some stuff over there. Are you looking, writing down stuff to look up later? Yeah. 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 I think she writes it down, but then she never looks it up. Uh, okay. Yes. That, would, that would be the next. I think I feel like she does. Deborah, I just want to commend you so much yeah. for that. Like, that's so cool. Like, I see, like, like the stuff that we're talking about. Yeah, it's overwhelming. And, and it's just like, um, it's a lot to take in, but the fact that you just have that curiosity, you're like you're curious, like you're, you're there, you're there. You know what I mean? Like that's all it takes. Yeah. But as we say, as we say, it takes a little bit of open-mindedness and a little willingness and that'll take you a long way, man. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, I, I really encourage you to look up some of this stuff, you know? Um, and then, um, just, just stay curious, just stay curious, yeah. you know? Um, and, uh, and, and hopefully you start to see some of the wool for yourself, for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. you are. I think yeah. you are. Yeah, I would say when, <laughs> when the media or politicians t- tell you something, yeah. think it's a lie before you accept it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's yeah. more often than not going to be a lie yep. than, than yep. it is going to be the truth, you yeah. know? Uh, that's, that's what I find at this point. Yeah. Um, and probably a lie mixed with some truth. That's yeah. the best. It's more complicated. Yeah. Yep. 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 Wow. What do you think, Adam? To your own question, what do you think it's going to happen um, with what's going on here? I think kind of what I, how I explained it. I think they're going to, I think it's just going to be a slow, a slow squeeze. And I think they're going to just, I think they want us all at home. I just don't, I think they want nobody out. I think, you know, um, I think maybe they got to kind of wait it out and just let everybody die off. And I think if they keep, you know, teaching kids the way they are, like, you know, I mean, people that are under 30 years old are having a pretty hard time just like functioning like day to day. Like, you know, you look at like, like we were probably, I'm in my forties, you know, we were taking care of ourselves as kids when we were under 10 years old. And nowadays like kids that are like, you know, 15 can't stay home alone. So I think um, there's going to be a whole bunch of like more kids that are raised now that have no uh, idea how to like deal with social cues and all this stuff because they can't see people's faces. And I think it's all just, I think they just, um, I don't know. I don't, I get scared sometimes, you know, I think uh, more and more every day. I, I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to, you know, die in a, in a violent conflict with police or something like that because I have too many people at my house for a underground farmer's market while I'm trying to sell my eggs, you know? Um, and if that's the way I got to go out, I really don't want to, but I, I it's scary. You know, it's like, yeah. I think of like, you know, I don't know if, if you guys have ever gotten into like a fist fight probably, but it's like, just like, you know, there's, there's that moment where you cross the line. And for me, at least I think in my head, like a little bit like, Oh fuck, I'm, I'm there, you know? And I, yeah. I dread the day when that comes 
when I get that feeling with like law enforcement or like somebody that's come to my house to tell me what yeah. I can and can't do, like some sort of contact tracer or something like that, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the uh, interesting thing for us. You know, we're Lane County and then you're up in Portland. I mean, most, uh, a lot of Oregon at this point, a lot of the sheriff's offices have come and said, we're not going to enforce this yeah, thing. Lane you know, County that, Sheriff's Department yeah. said, nope, we're but, not there's What aren't they going to enforce? That, that um, the, the six people rule for, okay. for Thanksgiving, you know, and, and for what's going so, on right now. So, so there's, I think that there's a kind of a split in law enforcement right now. Yeah. And a lot of law enforcement are saying this is, this is bullshit, right? We're I not saw something do- really cool. Clickitat County, Washington. I'm not exactly sure which uh, towns that is, sure. but the sheriff up there just said that he's not going to enforce any COVID mandate. So he's like, came out with the thing. It's like, there's no mask mandate. Yeah. It's like, yeah. if you have a business, you can require people to wear masks. But there's no like you don't have to. You won't get in trouble if you don't. That's so great. So um so Deborah, they just did the the curfew where you live, 10 p.m. to 5 p.m. for the whole state of California. Every sheriff in Southern California said they're not gonna enforce the curfew. I don't know. Of course, Marin County's probably well, San Francisco's probably well. But the thing that sucks about that is like, yeah, oh, but you're still gonna enforce every other unconstitutional mandate that's come out of this thing, you know? So I mean, I'm fine with, I, I'm not, I'm not fine with being at home from 10 PM to 5 AM. You know, that's stupid. You shouldn't have to do that either. That's the worst, but I'll I'd sleep. rather go to sleep in my bed from 10 PM to 5 AM than, than wear a mask at a store. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Agreed. Um, it's all, it's all, it's all the same though. But yeah, those, uh, all those sheriffs, uh, sheriff's departments are kind of supposed to be the last, uh, the last line between the tyrannical government and the, and the people. Right. Yeah. 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 And I've heard about the uh, thick red line movement. Um, yeah. There's some, that's yeah. what's co- they're coming to talk about that yeah. at the next uh, freedom cells meetup. Yeah. I'm stoked about that. That's yeah. super So cool. that's this, this guy and he's, um, he's trying to recruit law enforcement to um, stop enforcing like victimless crimes and drug crimes and stuff like that. So I don't know if he's having any success. I've heard on all, I listen to a lot of um, like anarcho-capitalist podcasts. They've had guys that have worked for like sheriff's departments who have just stopped enforcing um, anything but like violent crime. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, they all got fired, but, or had to resign, but they did. It was just one guy was able to do it for like five years. Like never gave a speeding ticket, never, never gave anybody like a pot ticket or anything like that, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, there's some sort of, I don't like leaving any hope up to any sort of law enforcement. I don't really yeah, sure. trust I mean, them very much, but it makes me happy to see when, when that, that guy in Washington, that made me happy to see, you know? Totally. I mean, that's going to be the thing. Like if you look at other countries that have like way more restrictive, like my heart goes out to like the people in New Zealand and Australia where you see like literally like the police just beating the crap and choking like women out and arresting pregnant women in their houses for making a Facebook post. And like, I heard that that woman's never been heard from again. I don't know, but I could be wrong about that. But that's oh, I really? I saw that yeah. video. I didn't know that she yeah. was never like, seen again. Like some of these people that were taken, um, like they haven't, uh, no one knows where they're at. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that, lady was, that lady was pregnant too. Yeah. In Australia? Is that where yeah. this? 
Yep, yep, yep. Um, kind of a viral video, but like, and then another one, like a lady for not wearing a mask in public, just walking down the street, like cop throws her up against, like this little, oh, yeah. this little girl, like like throws her up against the wall by her throat, like choking her out for not wearing a mask. Like, um, so like when we see these mandates roll out, it's going to be local law enforcement, you know, it's going to be maybe yep. possibly even the military. That's going to be the ones that are the enforcement arm, the ones on the front lines that are the ones that are going to be in our faces laying this out. And so the thick red line, I think is a really cool movement because it's trying to like preemptively talk to these law enforcement officers and be like, look, man, like, like trying to educate them. Like, like you're going to be looked at to be the one. And I could, I haven't looked into it too much. So I don't want to put too many words in the movement's mouth, but it seems like, what it is, is it's just uh, trying to get them to our side, maybe a little bit, um, you know? Um, and it's like, it's like, so it's like, yeah, if it, if it gets down to like, you know, where we're in this like civil war type situation, like I don't see a scenario where like the United States military like draws arms against its own citizens. I don't think that that, I mean, how, I mean, they, that just doesn't seem like a realistic thing. And so my other thing would be like, well, maybe what if, um, you know, that is the culmination of all of this, like MK Ultra, like uh, Manchurian candidate experimentation, you know, with like, and I've heard firsthand, you know, um, people in modern, in the modern military, you know, they're kind of used as kind of guinea pigs, like they're given shots and they're given pills and they're told to go out into combat scenarios. And like, I've heard of people who like um, this one particular instance where like somebody, um, you know, like, like the friends observed, like they say that, 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 that like you're, friends observe changes in behavior before you do. And like, apparently like situations where like people snap and then stuff like that. And it's like induced by these drugs or, or injections and stuff like that. So they've been experimenting on soldiers for a long time. And the culmination of all these MK ultra CIA experiments, I mean, they know, they know the human brain, they know the human psyche, they know what it takes. And what if, you know, they have something and they're just waiting to roll it out to just make, you know, just like uh, robotic soldiers out of the military and turn them against their own population. You know, who knows? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, I don't know. You know, those guys uh, get shots like every week, you know, so yeah, yeah who knows? So but, um, I mean, one thing I'd like to, to remind anybody that's like out there that supports law enforcement. It's like, you know, it's like a lot of the, the regular, just Trump voters and stuff. It's like Trump voters didn't, or the law enforcement didn't come help people while there was riots. You know, they told people, they told them to stand down yeah. and, and, a, a like a Trump guy, I'll be like, Oh, well, they, they were given orders to stand down. It's like, yeah, they're also going to be given orders to come, come yeah. take your fucking shit, you know, and they're going to yeah. do it. So if anybody who thinks that the, the cops aren't going to do it because they like guns and they want to help you, it's like, no, nah, they're coming for you. So yeah, and it's the same. The same people that behind the agenda that are I talked about, like the Agenda Twenty One. They go to your local city council, and here's like a million dollars to roll up this agenda. The same people will come up to the police officers and be like, you know, we'll give you five hundred thousand dollars in retirement. You know, like they they've got infinite amounts of money, and then they will they will pay, and people will. Yeah, I mean, I mean you got You have to you have to run for sheriff. You have to have a campaign a campaign for it. Yeah, you know? like, like tell about the Belarus guy. Right. Oh, well, that's, that's yeah. what just Charlie Robinson brought yeah. up uh, several times. It's just like there's the the was the president or what uh, whatever they call it there in Belarus who's offered nine hundred and forty million dollars to um do mask mandates uh to uh, shut to do lockdowns and to do the same things that are are happening across the world by the World Health Organization and who was the other people involved? Was it? UN, uh, I, I forget exactly. Yeah. Charlie Robinson's referenced it uh, several times in the Union once in that episode we've been referencing. But um, but it's th this thing is unmasked, you know. Yeah. This thing that we this did the guy accept? 
Yeah. Uh, no, he no, didn't. He didn't. He's he's the one who spoke out about it. So yeah. he better watch his ass at this yeah. point. Yeah. Honestly, but he's gonna get he's gonna get stabbed in the back soon. Oh, huh? Well, actually, right after that, they tried to um, have a coup and yeah. to take it to take him out. And uh, I think I don't think it's happened, but um, yeah. But of course, but yep. of course, right? So um, I mean, I just think when you when you know that, it's like of course this thing is fake. Yep. It's just it's all bullshit. Yeah. And I know. Um, do you think Kate Brown and Gavin Newsom took that money? Maybe. Oh yeah, you yeah. think? You think? You think? What do you uh, What do you think about? Well, we'll wrap it up here in a second. Is that cool with you guys? Oh, yeah. What do you think about? Uh, let's get Let's get your final thoughts on uh, Gavin Newsom. Deborah. You mean at the French Laundry? Got busted at the French Laundry, famous <laughs> yeah. restaurant right by where I grew up, and uh, and his curfew. Let's hear what you think about both of them. Um, well, I think, you know, that was a beyond stupid thing for him to do if he's trying to have any type of um, I can't think of the word I'm looking for. I support, I really, I support, I think he should be able to do that. So I don't really have an issue well, with it. At least he had the balls to go do it, you know. Yeah, but the don't. issue is he's telling everybody else what they should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't you just, just shouldn't listen to him. So there you go at that. Um, what um, do you think about his uh, about the, his uh, the curfew, curfew issue? Yeah. I don't see that you know any kind of virus is looking at the clock. I don't think it's going to make much difference. Man, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Did you see? There's some some crazy videos in like down in Huntington Beach in Orange County, which is pretty red, I guess. But there were there was thousands of people out in the streets after ten last night. You know. Good. Nice. It made me happy to see. And uh, yeah. Uh, I just want on that note, just uh, the most recent high wire. I don't know if you guys ever listened to that with Dell big tree, which is uh, one of my favorite podcasts uh, they started off with the, the five best excuses. If you get caught on Thanksgiving, uh, having more than six people in your house. And he's listed off things that the, the politicians have used when they've gotten caught. Yeah. It's a funeral. It's a funeral. Yeah. So, so uh, I encourage anybody to go listen to that. It was pretty hilarious. I'm just going to, you know what I'm going to do? I don't, I don't know if we're going to have over the limit. I think everybody's going to cuck out, but I'm just going to put a, a piece of paper on my front door that says BLM protest in progress. <laughs> of course, of course. There you go. There you go. Well, and I can what, have as, I can have as many did. people as close to each other as I want, you know? So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's for your sure. governor is uh, encouraging people to rat their neighbors out. Oh yeah. 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 Well, our governor, our governor that. is Jerry Brown's sister. <laughs> right. Yeah, and uh, apparently so. Kate Brown and Gavin Newsom are aren't they both in Hawaii? I don't know right if Gavin now? Newsom, but I know sure. Kate Brown sure is Gavin in Hawaii Newsom right now. I wonder yeah, if she's a bunch of them. quarantine yeah. uh, rules for there right now. Yeah, I'm sure she's not, but yeah, a bunch of a bunch of governors jet setted to Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just want to say one, one last thing, kind of on the same notes of what we've been talking about here, you know, if, and it, you know, the people that, um, you know, I think we end up following a little bit on the right because of how things are playing out and how the left has seemed co-opted. But uh, with the election and all this crazy shit going on right now, I mean, I hope what, what I've, how I've taken it is, you know, we can't rely on whether it be law enforcement or the government to, to fix this thing for us. I hope this was a wake up call to, to everyone that's, that's doing what we're doing is we need to, to 
take responsibility for ourselves to, to make the changes we want to have happen in our lives. And it's not going to be the, it's not going to be the police. It's not going to be um, the sheriffs that are standing up. It's not going to be the, the Republican party. It's not going to be any of this shit. We need to do it ourselves. We yep. have to be the change. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. hundred percent. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yep. Cool, man. <laughs> Deborah, do you want, do you want to say anything else? I think I'm good. Okay. Cool. That's I have to look into Deborah. Time. Look, look that stuff up. Yeah. I will. I will. I got no agenda uh, instead of instead of CNN. Yeah. Listen to no agenda. I, I got to start too. Um. I'm bummed. Megan had to had to dip out. Yeah. yeah I'm sorry. We haven't uh, had had another uh, female on the show yet, so I think it's uh. We had been, um. We had Megan. Oh uh, yeah, Mackenzie was on. Yeah. Mackenzie. But yeah. yeah, I think it's a powerful tool especially to, to help Deborah out to have a, another woman um, talk about this stuff too. But yeah, tell her that um, we hope she feels better and we'll do it again soon. We should do it on, on the reg, guys. Um, Ed, you going to make it up on uh, Friday night? Yeah, I'm, I'm making it up yep. this Friday. I got it off work. That's rad. Um, yeah, if you guys ever get some extra time afterwards, maybe we can go barbecue at my house or something. Let us know. Love to, for sure. Um, open invite whenever you're in town. Cool. Awesome. But uh yeah, so um I guess we'll uh we'll end it there, guys. Um thank you so much. Thank you and, very uh, much. Thanks, Deborah. I love you. I love you, Adam. All right. Peace, guys. Peace, guys. See ya. Be well. Bye bye.